You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now! Coming out of where I am when I 
Okay, let's get down to it, boppers. Oh, buddies. It's the Run of Fez show. Mayday. Mayday. Can anyone hear me? It's Mayday. Oh, no. It is May 1st, the start of the all-new Chris Stanley. Clean, but not sober. I say Christopher Stanley is what we need to call you now. It's weird. What's your middle name? William. Um, what about Billy Stanley? <laughs> That'd be weird. A man with Billy. three first names. That's me. No need for any last names. Sounds a little nerdy, if I may say. So. I like a good last name on a person. No, because people then call me Stanley or Chris. Either or. They both, both work. How about Waldo? It doesn't work at all. I think it does. Um, well, Stanley was telling me that he's a little paranoid because there seems to be a lot of heat. I, I get in today. There's three, no, four police officers uh-huh. outside the building, and I'm smoking a cigarette, and it's one just walks out and stands next to me, and I'm like, all right, there's got to be a reason, but he's not saying anything to me. I'm smoking a cigarette. Then the guy grills me, says, do you work here? Where do you work? I'm like, yeah, I work here. I work at Sirius XM. I work in that building. Yes, please. Come on. And then he just points at the, the clip of this knife I have on my pocket, and he's like, you better put that away, because, and then you're getting off lucky, because any other cop will t- just take it away from you. I'm like, dude, it's, it's legal. It's, look, it's not a large knife. It's weird, because I didn't even know you had that knife until what, yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> Did you just get it? No, I've had it for like a month. I just clipped on my belt. I used to open up packages. Oh, like, geez, party packages? <laughs> no, no party packages. And then, so I, I come back down to smoke another cigarette. There's still cops out front. I go out the other exit of the building. There's another four cops just standing around the exit. I don't know what the hell's going on here. I'm feeling crazy. Maybe they think somebody's been getting suspicious mail. I swear to God, I, that ran through my head so many times. <laughs> and then I, I walk out, and I just go go to smoke a cigarette. And I come back in, I'm like, that cop is staring me down. The paranoia is, is getting, making me go nuts. You know what's great about sobriety is I don't have to have that anymore. <laughs> I don't have to wonder what police are doing. It's unbelievable. I've, I'm really freaked out. I that. didn't see any of it. I don't know. If I, I guess from like 8.45 to like 10.30, they were all over the place. Maybe they are just waiting till when I left. I hope that's it. I really do. I better buzz those guys and let them know they might have a tail. Please don't. <laughs> don't like it. Don't like it. It's like family. in heat. I'll just tell them to uh, drive out to Ventura <laughs> and I'll go and ask the black cook if he'll be the driver and take a bullet in the fucking head. Boy, that guy should have just been slinging hash. I know. He should live that straight life. That's on De Niro's head. Yeah, De Niro don't care in that oh, movie. Yeah. He had no cares. <laughs> Lurch, you're on the Run of Fez show. You rang. Um, what's up, buddy? What's up, what's up, Ronnie? What's up, Billy Willie Stanley? How you guys what? doing? We're good. <laughs> Sorry, gotcha. I got, I got a spy report for you guys. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. But actually, real quick, I wanted to mention that Radiohead playlist today. That's pretty awesome. I, uh, I'm i looking over the playlist comments, and there's a lot of love. And then the normal, I am a classic rock guy, and this music is just meant to hurt me. The Benz is a rock song. And also, the Benz has been around for 20 years now. <laughs> Stop crying. 
Pat, so I got a question. You're a big uh, Dick Kennedy fan. There's this one song I've been trying to figure out the title to. It's like uh, Too Drunk to Something. I can't you know? say that, Lurch. Thanks a lot. I'm not going to fall for your tricks. <laughs> All right? All right. I'm trying you can to go say to F. Is it okay to say the the letter? You know what? Uh, because of Anthony, no. It's no longer okay on Terrestrial Radio. <laughs> he abused that. And I believe he actually invented it. That's my belief system. Brilliant. Right. I never heard well, anybody do it. Before. The spider port, you know, sorry to go off. But the uh, spider port is that uh, Sarah Abraham from MTV's Teen Mom, her porn video has been released. TMZ is reporting her and James V the little porno together. She denied it first, but uh, it's out there. Yeah, so, she uh, seems so. like, uh, I'm looking at the pictures on TMZ. She's well aware of the camera. I don't know why this was such a shocker to her, but the downside is TMZ is running the black bar, so we're not even going to put it up on the iBang. We'll wait yeah, I'm for. I'm sure you can get out there. I'm sure Stanley will get on top of that and he'll find it for us. You know. I doubt it. I'm, I'm looking. I just this doubt is, it very this much. Is big, this is big poppy for Stanley as a senator. Face off. Hey. Thanks, Lurch. Um. I have no time for this black bar. I want to see the entire female body. And I'm not going to even specify what parts, because I can't. To say the naughty bits. Okay. The fun parts. And you got to think, with the title Back Door. Check your email. With the title Back Door, you know what's got to be going on there. No, what? You know. Other She's in the correct position for it. Yeah. For certain sex acts. She's an analog girl. It's <laughs> a great song. She should just she should cover that. Release Everybody a music, should. Release a music video combined with the porn coming out. Be huge. You're you're like fucking working with PT Barnum. Thank you. Because Vivid should get in the in the game. Uh, later on, we're going to be talking autism with. Uh, Temple Grandin. Now, I wanted to see the the movie that she had. Um, I forget the name of it. Temple Grandin. That was, was the name of it? Yeah, Temple Grandin. And the girl from Homeland was in it. Claire but Dines. it was all about uh, autism. And it won every award that you could possibly uh, get. And it seems like ever since then, you hear more and more and more about autism, uh, like I, I know that they They're say saying like one in sixty-three. Yeah, the, the numbers keep going up of just kids, just getting kids that, that people that didn't even know had autism. Like, oh wait, you're that you're that way because you have autism. It's that's we figured it out. It's autism. That's what you have. But it seems there's like there's people with that can't function or whatever that are just totally autistic. I guess totally hardcore autistic. But then the other people can walk around. In regular world, well, yeah, there's a, a kind of a uh, a grade of it where you either have some amounts of it, or basically a crippling amount where you're inside your own head. But some of it is actually kind of good, and it is what real nerds are—not what people who call themselves nerds 
now. Mm-hmm. You know, guys who like to go to Comic-Con, they, they weren't the actual nerd. The actual nerd was a guy who was so into either math or science that this reality kind of faded away for him. And then their entire life is just that one thing. Yeah, because they get an incredible obsession. Now, the good side is they're the ones that have, like, breakthroughs into stuff. The bad side is they never meet chicks. Can't function in social society. Yeah. We should start We should start a tattoo parlor and just give all these autistic kids Star Wars sleeves. Let's make them look really cool. See, I don't know if the autistic kids like Star Wars as much as the people who call themselves nerds now. But... Um, you know, they, they started that thing about vaccinations cause autism, and nothing I read on that turned out to be true. There's no scientific proof, I'll just say that. Yeah. I don't see any kind of scientists saying it. People are throwing out theories, like, I, I gave my kid a vaccine and then he became autistic. Yeah, one of the problems is, is like, the autism shows up at different ages. Like, some people will be okay until a certain age, and then it really kicks in. That's horrifying. Now, there was a kid on my block that, in hindsight, I know that he was autistic. At the time, people called him, like, mentally retarded or whatever. But I remember a couple of things that he did. He got completely obsessed with the boats on the Delaware River, where from a horn, he could tell you the type of boat that it was. And he had a notebook, and he would track... Like, what boats were going by. That's crazy. Hey, come on, dude. It's autistic. That's autistic. And then, um, the other thing about it was that I think, and I might be, I'm fairly sure that he got involved with, um, lawn sprinklers. Like, really obsessed with them. And trying to do the sound that they were doing. And he would go in people's yards, and some people got very mad at him. And he also used to walk on his toes. But today, he lives in that house by himself, the same house that he grew up in. His family died. And uh, he drives a car. He seems he works in computers. He's in shop. Yeah, he seems like he's, yeah, he's living uh, a regular life. But I'm sure he doesn't have any friends or girlfriends. I, or... I, I know that he's like a Facebook person. I don't know whether he's ever dated. <laughs> but uh, I have family members that stay in touch with him. Because he's like the neighborhood historian. You know what I mean? Like Cause he's he also... Because he can he, be, right? He knows who lived where and where they're at now. And if you ever want to check back on anything, you got to go through him. Um, but I used to be friends with his brother... And his dad wouldn't eat in the same room with him. His dad was like, he has to eat at a different time. And shit, it was very weird. This was, you know, different times. People acted fucking nuts. Oh, oh my God. But, you know, the thing that uh, that interested me is, like, a lot of great artists supposedly had it. Da Vinci, supposedly, now they're saying, was autistic. And that's how he would obsess on the human body. Then he would obsess in some kind of engineering thing. Well, the crazy thing is, right, because they have autism, they can, I guess, access this part, or they they don't, they can't be social, but so instead they're using their brain power to focus on these things. Yeah, but you're acting like it's almost uh, like a choice or something, 
and it's just like the brain works differently. Like this woman, you you got to watch this movie because it's stunning. Because she was and is kind of a peculiar person, right? In the way that we would consider people uh, peculiar. So uh, she would have these terrible anxiety attacks. And then she got involved with cattle because her uh, aunt or something had a ranch. And she would watch cattle go into the chutes. And she started to figure out how to get cattle to calmly get to the chute to be killed in the most humane way, right? And she would draw up all these things, these these ways for him to get in and out, and she would invent things because she she actually got an engineering degree while this was happening. But the kids teased her, and it was all weird and shit, uh, you know, her whole life growing up. And the cattle people wanted nothing to do with her, but this stuff really worked. And when they, she started to write things, and they took her seriously, and she became this, like, brilliant person in the livestock industry and then scientists started to work with her uh, that were studying autism because she had this engineering scientific brain she could kind of explain from the inside out what autism was like and it's helped them you know move this thing along and she's like you know if you look at her life now she's got this book out that's mind-blowing uh, and she's done a couple of these, uh, but she's like they excelled at like three or four different things now. I mean, she's way more successful than most people that you will ever meet in your life. And she gets like, oh, I've got to work at the social things. So she's like, so like I, I would think some people are so autistic they wouldn't be self aware enough to work on it. Maybe. Well, the the problem is is that we. Uh, don't or well up to a certain point we didn't help the kids work on it we just went oh that kid's got problems let's put them in the slow class or whatever yeah. and or why they were trying to do like their drawings we were like stop obsessing over drawings and do this you know just our teaching patterns were weird but i've seen these things where like autistic there's some levels of autism where you could a kid will play piano, right? Yeah. You can play him something, Chopin, and then he'll have never heard it before, and he'll pick it up and start playing. Or there's been uh, autistic kids who they'll look at New York, go back to their house, and draw it exactly like it was a picture. That 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 thing, I saw that that thing was crazy. This this kid just it was a helicopter, an aerial view, and he, he drew it. It was insane. It was insane looking. Uh, Brian, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Do you, do you remember she also had a device that she created, and it she put her head in it, and yes. it would squeeze it, and it would, it, it would help to alleviate her symptoms, her anxiety? See, here's the weird thing. And she got that from watching cattle, that cattle feel better in a shoot, and she right. would have this crazy anxiety and she had studied cattle so much that she figured out that if she got in something very tight it would almost be like womb like for her wow. and it would settle her down now for me I, that would be like a freak out you know what i mean i thought i was the only one who ever i still because i'll be driving around and that just kind of popped up in my head that 
there's a chick who designed something to squeeze her head in and made her feel better. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and, the, and the weird thing is, like, then some people were like, just do it, man. If it works... Do well, it. you wonder, was she on something? Because now, I mean, the, the huge thing is those weight blankets, right? The weighted blankets and things like that. That, that feeling of compression, and is, was that a security thing there? Yeah, it does, you're, you're 100% right. Now, not everybody has that thing. Some people feel like, oh, I can't have anything laying on top of me. And other people love the fact of it. Like, I don't know whether like you've ever been with women that really want to wrap up all night or put their feet under you, you know, and you're just like, okay. All right, autistic girl. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thanks a lot, man. All right, bye-bye. Here, do my math homework. Um, but this uh, movie is uh, really, really interesting, and then her books are really, really interesting. Here's Quinn in California. Hey, Quinn. Hey, Ron, big fan. I'd like to first off give Popcorn some ups for being a consummate gentleman. Oh, good. But, uh, yeah, I have autism. It's I'm on the higher functioning spe- part, side of the spectrum. And uh, actually, a lot of people, uh, not well, I've heard of actually some famous people nowadays. Like, I believe I heard Dan Aykroyd has it. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I don't know whether, you know, whether that's true, but now that you bring it up, he does, you know, even comedically have, uh, a lot of that kind of stereotypical behavior, right? Right, but it's, 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 it's a strange thing because so many famous people are, like, it's obviously not as, uh, a inhibitor to success sometimes. Like no, exactly, more- it's, if you, I guess with the right kind of balance, uh, you can actually succeed far. They brought up that Bill Gates uh, may have some level of it. And uh, oddly, uh, a lot of the people who've done stuff like design robots and stuff uh, and yeah. uh, rocket ships, because they can get into their obsession, work long hours, yeah. and it turns out to be great. <laughs> you yeah, know? It's, that, it's that obsessiveness that we, we really just, um, like with, we have special interests, and uh, we just ver- get very. We learn everything about these interests, and it's it's kind of we sometimes forget about other things. Like I've literally forgotten just things I've done in that day, but I can memorize just a ton of different things. Well, uh, remember the old stereotype of the absent-minded professor that you would have this professor who would be like really great at physics or whatever but then he would you know not wear socks yeah forget to pay his bills that kind of shit you know so apparently this has been around a long time yeah a long long time and only now do we start to understand it but the other side of it is as we get to understand that maybe there's ways to open up some of these things in everybody's mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. To yeah. apply Although it to I people. Also, give people um, like autism yeah. in a specific place. That's probably where like genetics or whatever are going towards. Unfortunately, it's also the, the definition that I've read from Autism Speaks is so broad that it's it's really hard to pin down. I don't know if that's just because I don't know. It's just a strange thing that it's so... It's a very, very, a very broad definition, which is funny because actually... Well, autistic, yeah. like, um, it's very specific, like, specificity. 
Well, that see, that's kind of the uh, the thing that comes up in the book. When she did her first book, she and she was, uh, I don't know what part of the spectrum that she is, but if her parents probably didn't work with her when she was younger and push her into stuff and keep her involved in stuff, she probably would have went way far in the other direction. You know what I mean? So she wasn't going. She was really that type of kid who stuck out. Uh, really yeah. bad with it when she was younger, but they kept finding her interest and getting her to focus on it and excel on it, and you know it worked out for her. Um, but who knows? But this whole study, I think, why it comes up is that it's still new. When she first did, she was like, "Oh, I, I my memories work in pictures," so yeah. she would just think of pictures, and then when she imagines, she would actually see a movie in her mind. So yeah. when she's designing stuff, it would play out as a movie, and she could see how things worked. Yep. It's, uh, it's a very interesting thing, the uh, spectrum. There was this other thing that they said, like, Tesla would design a, an entire machine in his mind before he started to draw it. So we would actually put the machine together in his mind, see the gears working the way he wanted to do, and then he would just kind of draw that. Just copy it down? Yeah, just kind of copy it down. Um, Mind-blowing, but the, the... All right, thanks for calling, Quinn. The kind of cool thing about it is uh, you still don't know where the human experience is going to go. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if they're going to be... Remember that thing with Smart Drugs? Yeah. That movie that we wanted to, oh, Bradley, to be great? Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Maybe there is some kind of brain that you just fucking brain drug in the future that you'll just do it and boom. Well, think about like... what. Right, so they, they do make this brain drug, right? Where it makes you autistic for, you know, for the... For autistic for, I don't know, for six hours. But autistic in the sense that you can... Use your brain only to do what you want. Uh, whatever your goal is, say, build a robot or paint a picture expertly. Brilliant. But what about this? What if you could do something and sit down and do your entire fucking college senior year in, in a weekend? You know what I mean? Like, why? You know, if you could just get the stuff from the book, you yeah. wouldn't need the, the lectures or whatever. If you were just totally up to learning. And again... Uh, you know, who knows? But I saw this thing before where they've done brain operations, right? And they would touch certain parts of the brain and different things would happen. But this one guy, his memories went back as if they were happening in real time. Now, wouldn't it be kind of cool that if you could take something and you're like, you know... Your senior year, you're at the beach, you have that great day. You could completely go back to that. Forget porn. <laughs> Just relive the, the best sex of your life. Ouch, that really hurts your chick's feelings, I bet. Sue, you're on the Run of Fez show. No. Hello. Hi, guys. What's up? Hello. Yes, Sue, um, go ahead. I'm watching him still make faces at me. He's still mad. As I said, his high school sex was the best. No. You're the one who said um, it. I just agreed. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast one day, and they were talking about ADHD and all the medicines kids are taking, and then they got into talking about autism. And he said that, um, he said something very interesting. He said, with all the telecommuting that everybody's doing these days, we really don't need our social skills as much as we used to. And he had uh, mentioned maybe uh, the autism is part of our evolution. 
Well, you know, the weird thing is that we still need so there's kind of new social skills that yeah. you have to learn. Like the whole thing is is this texting over. You know what I mean? You ever get the people who like you want to check in when they start to send you seven or eight texts because we haven't come up with hey anything more than three texts is rude. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Um, but they also, they also had this guy that um, took a helicopter flight. Oh, it's just a guy that took a helicopter flight over uh, Manhattan for twenty minutes. Yeah, we got we we were talking about him. Oh, okay, I didn't hear that. Sorry, we put yeah. that picture up uh, on the iBang before. They put that up in JFK. It's like a giant mural in the airport. It's freaking wild. It's freaking wild. Yeah, it's and you know how does that? I mean, that just means that the human brain can do that. Um, let's go over here to Andrew in Colorado. You're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, uh, my wife. How you doing, guys? My wife is a teacher, uh, elementary school teacher, for uh, special needs children. And a lot of those children fall into the autism spectrum. And she's got one kid who is kindergarten age, six years old. And he's nonverbal and can't speak. Um, but on the smart board, which is a big uh, touchscreen board that she has with her computer hooked up to for the kids to be able to interact, I mean, this kid is doing, you know, college grade calculus he is amazing with numbers at six years old you know he's not verbally can't read things like that but when it comes to numbers this kid can do anything that is just crazy to me i can't believe that somebody could be that far out ahead of it all well yeah, hunting is probably it's really hard to, it's really hard but when you sit there you know and watch this kid it's just amazing you know, you see this little six-year-old kid who can't speak and, you know, has no social skills or anything, and you try to teach him reading, and he can't read the words or anything, but you put numbers up on the smart board, and this kid can do anything that you want him to do with numbers. Yeah, that's amazing. And who's to, uh, who's to know, like, is that a problem or... Is it great? You know what I mean? I guess you can only play to it. You can only deal the cards. You know, you can only play the cards that you're dealt. Here's Andrea in Baltimore. You're on Run Fez. Hi. Um, I am the mother of a fantastic 10-year-old who has Asperger's. Um, but it is the biggest challenge to try to nurture his, his gift, yet try to, you know, just instilling him to the best of your abilities to kind of use his powers for good and not evil in the future. Like, it's it's a lot of pressure, and it's a very, very delicate dance because, you know, we've, just as parents in general, you're trying to do the best you can, but then also to do that with a kid that, you know, is amazing, but you want to try to instill the values you know, it's, it's well, well, yeah. I mean, tell us the dark side. Where what's the downside here? What could go wrong? Well, just with um, his obsession, like what he likes to learn about, I have to monitor incredibly carefully. Um, he like, as of right now, he loves presidents. He's even nicknamed himself JFK. That's what he goes so by cool. at school. He knows Adorable. everything about presidents. Everything. But I have, and I trust him, he has his own computer, his iPad, you know, all that stuff, because he's completely technologically competent. Sure. However, 
I don't want him to, like, for a while, he also became obsessed with, quote-unquote, dead malls, malls that have gone out of business. And he's just like, well, in this one, there was this much rape. There was this much murder. What is rape? What is murder? And so I had to try to kind of cut that off of the path so he wouldn't delve into. But have you ever have you ever talked to somebody about what to do when he goes to those places? Like, maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel there somewhere. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we were, and being in Baltimore, we're incredibly lucky that we're close to Hopkins and the sure. Kennedy Krieger Institute. So he has behavioral therapy on a regular basis. And, I mean, we get suggestions, but there's no cookie-cutter answer. But, you know, and something that'll work for a month won't work the next month. Um, so it's just, you know, it's, it's just a challenge to try to steer, and that's, that you do the best you can, but it's a lot of fucking pressure. Sure, and any I guess any of the the work on this is fairly new. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but because kids in the 1950s that had this were, you know, just hit with sticks or something until you know what I mean? Like they yeah. they didn't know how to deal. Left-handed kids in Catholic school were whacked until they stopped. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I innately believe, like, I believe my kid is innately good. He's a sweetheart. People are just drawn to him. He is a charmer. But, you know, these, these are concerns that not a lot of people like to address. Because, sure. And, and I believe, you know, Asperger's is, is fantastic. Like, he does things that he's made me smarter as a person, you know, and he touches people around him. But I do have that concern. And I'm not trying to be, you know, a little miss negative Nancy. But I'm trying to look ahead as he, like, God forbid, money fucking hits puberty, you know, and start listening to other kids talking about raw things, you know, that's... It seems like, it seems like your real challenge is how to keep him busy, huh? Just, like, keep him deep into this, whatever, you know, so he doesn't go off and find some, like, hey, I know how to move weight in from fucking Columbia. This could be great for everybody. <laughs> right. And, I mean, that's, that's the thing. He, his brain never stops. The only time his brain stops is when we take him to the beach and he watches water. Like, he's always thinking. He's always got anxiety about stuff. And, you know, we do the best we can. Like, his dad and I are divorced. Um, we do the best we can to support him and stuff like that. But it's it's definitely just challenge and there is a lot more help out there now but it still is you know it's fascinating that you said the thing about water because i had a surfer on here a few months back who worked with kids with kind of problems and like way further than what your son deals with and they, they could get them into the water and and everybody would just chill they would just chill out around the ocean Oh, absolutely. Like, between my ex and I, we try to take him, you know, we'll even pull him out of school to go on vacation. Just we figured that's a good way for him to get an education as well. But just we're always taking him to someplace where there's water because just him looking at it, being in it, it it presents itself as a calming force in his life. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of other calming forces in his life just with how his brain is wired um all right i hope you get to listen to temple later on in the show she's a pretty uh amazing uh person um let's go over here to jim jim you're on the run of fez show hey what's up ronnie b i'm so excited for this interview man temple grand is amazing i saw the movie a dozen times i've read some of her books 
Um, and, and, and in all honesty, I'm not even trying to bust his balls. I'm really curious if you have the time, if maybe you could discuss a little bit about what Fez goes through in terms of the, the, the issues he deals with, the social anxiety, the social anxiety, things like that, because there might be some of that in him. Um, but yeah, like you said about the brain, man, they said that the, the brightest minds in the world, they only use 15% of their brain. And imagine, I mean, if you could just get 1% of that other, that's what these kids have, man. It's just insane. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know whether that, you know, percentile, the brain stuff has ever been proven. I know it's a rule of thumb that people like to say. I think that it isn't so much that it's more, it's just different. It's more focused? It's just different. It's just in the way that you can come in here, and I've talked to so many songwriters, and I find it fascinating, but I still don't understand anything more about writing songs, because they're not even exactly sure why they sit and write songs, or why a great song comes to them instead of, uh, you know, what's the difference between the day they write a great song or the day they write a song they're embarrassed about. They just don't know. They just follow it, and luckily for them, that skill is looked upon with uh, monetary value in this society. Where that's the thing that no matter who you are, you got to make sure whatever you're developing, your hobby, the thing that you love to do ends up paying off. And that's what worked out for Temple, is that she got into something that actually people found value in. Now, in no way were they glad to get her. If you watch this movie, it's... They tried to chase her away. Uh, but her ideas were just too good. Um, Annie in Missouri, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, Ron. I'm so glad you're having Temple on. I'm super excited for this. My daughter is five, and she has Asperger's, so a higher functioning of autism. And the thing with her socially is she can mock you. So if you're having a happy, fun time, she's having a happy, happy fun time, too. Um, but emotionally, she's not really connecting. Um, and so I know a lot of people are like, oh, behavior therapy, different kind of things to, to get her to have that emotional connection. But my thought is if her brain doesn't need that, you know, cognitively, why push her into that therapy? Does it cause more frustration? So, um, you know, some people think, oh, you're being hands off about it. But, you know, we, we don't know how all of this works. Is it more detrimental to try to force her brain into something that it can't understand mm -hmm. and have her emotionally connect? And is that going to cause more harm than just letting her do what she does, what it does as long as she doesn't hurt other people? You know, I don't know how it's going to be as an adult. She's only five right now. But sometimes I think we do a little too much therapy and a little too much overstimulation of those things. You know, and we don't know how that's going to affect them. If, if they don't need it, why are we putting it on them? It so, is It is all still really, really new. Um, any of these studies are really, really new. Um, but what you're saying, sometimes it just gets really rough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, emotionally, she doesn't connect sometimes. It's like, okay, you hurt someone's feelings. Well, right. you know, she'll, she'll just be very like, well, I didn't like what they did. Well, you didn't like what they did, but the way you reacted, they didn't like what you did. She can't understand that her cause and effect, you know, affects people as well. Sure. But should I put her in this emotional therapy to try to help her when if her brain cannot understand that, am I even helping her? But I, I, I well, frustrate her. From what I could tell, she could work in radio. 
Because that's most of the people I know. She could work in radio or stand-up comedy. Well, she's super, super bright and really, really funny and um, very sarcastic. So maybe I should uh, put her in some improv classes. Yeah, you've just—you've honestly just explained to any friend I've had over the last twenty years. Well, good. I'm glad she's going to make it in this world. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, here's Beth. Beth in New Orleans. Join the Running Fest show. Hey, Ron. What's going on? Yeah. Hey, listen. So I'm a special ed teacher. I teach like pr- pretty much in a low income community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's crazy how the kids, you know, I have high functioning to low functioning, and uh, you know they're putting everybody on it, some kind of stimulant, ADHD medication, ADD medication, and um, even you know a lot of the autism children. I got kids who are crawling on the floor, acting like snakes, getting caught under desks, you know, in the middle of class. You know, I got kids kicking the wall, banging their heads, and um, to be honest, a lot of them are. They're labeled as autistic, but I'm pretty sure in knowing the parents that these are a lot, it's sad to say, but more or less cracked babies, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, even me, at, when I was in college, they labeled me as uh, having a, uh, ADD, come to find out I was just dyslexic with numbers. You know, and they're, they're medicating everybody, and even it'll be, uh, let's say, in the middle of the month, I come the kids out of their medication, and I'll try to call the parent, nobody answers, try to call the parent, nobody answers. Finally, I get somebody who answers, oh, they're out of medication. No, it's only been 15 days since the medication right. has been filled. They're selling the medication on the street. You know, and it, it's super sad. And um, it's just sad that even kids who are just really introverted, they're labeling them as autistic, you know? It's, yeah, I know. And, I, you know, I always talk about that that sometimes some people who aren't really outgoing that's just another way to be you know what i mean like exactly. I, I never see why they want to force shy people to talk when that's not their thing it's almost if you take a kid that is not athletic and put them on the football team what good right. does that do you know i know and like they'll they'll be in a regular functioning classroom and they'll bring them into my classroom saying that you know they're special ed no they're not they just don't feel like talking to everybody right they, they test fine they're just a shy a shy kid you know these kids are like five six years old i mean not everybody is totally outgoing you know, like the popular kid in class. You right. know, maybe they just like to read. But you right. would not want... I mean, it becomes one of those um, schools like we have in New York for uh, actors that all mm-hmm. the kids are over the top. That's no world either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you got to yeah. have some kind of diversity. But does this really has got to... Some days just got to make you feel like you're hitting the wall yourself, right? Oh man, I mean, some days it's, 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 you know, I get home and I step into a big pile of dog shit and I'm like, seriously, this is my life, you know? But then, but then there's other days that, you know, one, one of the kids does something that's totally, that you never thought they were going to do and they do it and it's like, wow, this is what I'm here for. You know, I have a cousin who has Asperger's who was the valedictorian of his graduating class. You know, it's like, but she has really weird parents. You know, it's like, was it more or less just, grew up in a strange environment right with a really weird parents or did he re- does he really have autism so everything these days is labeled as autism if you're any sort different than what they say is normal you know and what is normal who's normal right you know, it's, it's everybody that's why the numbers are going up you know with this autism just 
And and a lot of, and the doctors are prescribing, of course, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, everybody's trying to make money. But it's just it's almost getting out of control, you know, it's like I feel bad for these kids that are being put in classrooms with kids who really are special ed and who have special needs and they should not be there. They should be in a regular class. Thank you so much for calling. I uh, right. I think uh, I know we sit around and we lie all the time saying that, oh, teachers are the most important thing, and then we don't give you raises. But I can't imagine teaching. I, I know I would not last uh, yeah, a week without, uh, seriously, I'd be swinging. I'd be on World Star. <laughs> yeah, day. World Star teacher. teacher loses it. Um, Jane, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello. Hey, Jane. Hi, it's actually Jenny. Um, you know, I both teach kids special needs and um, had spent years volunteering at uh, Stables for equine therapy, which is actually how um, the story of the movie, how Temple Grandin really, it kind of got um, nudged into the right direction. Right. Kids tend to connect more with animals than with people sometimes. And the fact that Oh, we lost you, darling. Uh, your phone went out. I, I hope you can call us back. Uh, I want to play a little piece from the movie for the people who have, haven't seen it. Uh, it's pretty exceptional. Uh, this is when Temple uh, invented this machine that hugs her. And it was based on what she saw the cattle doing, that the cattle were happier in the shoot. Now, at the time, she didn't want to be hugged by human beings. Now, according to the book, she's okay with hugging. She's grown into this thing. Her social skills have grown immensely. But at the time, she didn't want to, you know, anybody to give her a hug. But she loved this machine that she had designed that put this really tight pressure around her. Um, and just check it out a little bit here. Well, I don't have children. Oh. No, I'm autistic. And I need the sensation of being hugged. And I've developed a machine that I get into and hugs me, and I'm different afterwards. I'm more social. Well, I didn't speak until I was four. Now I have a BA and a master's, and I'm studying for my doctorate. You <laughs> don't most autistic people are very sensitive to, to sounds and colors. Overstimulation hurts. You know, people talking too much at once, you know, can cause us to panic. How did you get cured? Well, I'm not cured. I'll always be autistic. My mother refused to believe that I wouldn't speak. And when I learned to speak, she made me go to school. And in school and at home, manners and rules were really important. They were pounded into me. I was lucky. All these things worked for me. Everyone worked hard to make sure that I was engaged. And they knew I was different, but not less. And I had a gift. I could see the world in a new way. I could see details that other people were blind to. My mother pushed me to become self-sufficient. I worked summers at my aunt's ranch. I went to boarding school and college. Those things, those things were uncomfortable for me at first, but they helped me to open doors to new worlds. That is uh, part of what goes on in the movie. Uh, 
Um, and Temple being later, she's written this uh, book, The Autistic Brain, Thinking Across the uh, Spectrum. It's available in stores and now online. I, use, I mean, I can't imagine not if I had somebody autistic in my family, I would definitely read this. But I find it fascinating anyway. There was one of the stories she brought up, and it really doesn't have to do with autism. This guy... Uh, it was up in Washington State. Uh, he got jumped, hit in the back of the head. After that, he starts to see the world in like these mathematical fractals, right? What? He had no training in it, and he kept drawing them everywhere. If you look it up online, uh, you can find it. We should probably throw even throw it up on the iBang. Because um, he sells this stuff now, and it's actually stunningly great and they measured it and mathematically it's it's correct now this has nothing to do with autism this is just some of the strange shit that can happen with your brain when different part of your brain is uh, accessed all right we got Janie back hi uh, um, thanks for calling back I really appreciate it Oh, thanks for taking the call. Um, so I've, what I was saying is I've worked with um, kids with all different levels of autism. And the um, and in fact, I have a family member with Asperger's, which they even talk about taking up the spectrum because it's, it's you know, it, it is social skills. It is challenging, but it's a, a different animal than, you know, the lower functioning people. And right. Brandon, she was blessed to, to have a mom like she had to have a teacher who, like, discovered her uh, her gifts and nurtured them. But the thing, I, the point I wanted to make is the, the brilliance is fascinating and it's wonderful and to tap into it. But on the flip side, um, the, the isolation and the anxiety um, that I see these kids go through right. is just the reason that they have to try to figure out a way to self-soothe like Temple did with her machine. Um it's why kids hit their heads against the walls or, or hide under beds and, and this behavior that's so, um, you know, bizarre to the onlooker to the rest of the world. Sure. It's not, the gift comes with such a huge price mm -hmm. that I think that that has to be mentioned as well. And um, another, just another point in the place where I did the equine therapy, I have to say, and these were lower functioning kids. Right. I got to say that, I think like nine out of ten, um, the, the parents were divorced because it's so stressful. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, yes, you have to try to figure out how to get the get the good from there and and help the child. It becomes all consuming, is what you're yeah. saying, and some people just crack under that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing, and she was blessed, and there's a lot of to learn from Temple. But I don't want people who are listening to think like, oh, so maybe this is just wonderful to tap into their brilliance it's it's painful well and again uh you know maybe it's because we're only at the very beginning of understanding this you know the, I, I just think over my lifetime how many things have changed yeah uh you know how many things have you know we've jumped ahead uh in medicine and and perhaps you know, you just keep going on until who knows where that, you know, 
that drug yeah. or that exercise could be. Yes, you're right. I hope so. But you are right. the The anxiety part of it is it's got to be nightmarish. And why do you think that they can relate? To, you know, some of these kids can relate to animals so much. You know, I I don't know what it is. Um, they also use this therapy for people with uh, traumatic brain injury, like what was just discussed. Right. Um, I think. Well, first of all, you know, sometimes I'd rather be with horses and dogs than people myself. Um, there's a calm, you know, they don't, they aren't being forced to communicate where they are, but it's with their bodies more than with language. Um, I, I've just seen, but I'll tell you, even with this, I've walked away, um, more days than not thinking, oh my God, it's such a sad world. Yeah. Days where, once in a blue moon where you go, oh my God, that's great. You know, she just, right. but more times than not, um, it's yeah, like that cop's good. disease, you know, you see so much. You see so much of the rough stuff that yeah. you wonder how much you can take. Yeah, yeah, or how much you can help sometimes. I right. mean, I, I certainly hope we're just at the tip of the iceberg with that. Thank you so much for calling us, and thanks for calling back. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Ben, you see what uh, the work that people do, it's mind-blowing sometimes. And I look at Chris Stanley, yeah. and he's spending all his time not returning calls and smoking weed and drinking and cursing too much on the air. What? No cursing. So you've done unbelievable today. 55 minutes in. But you've barely talked for a regular Chris Stanley day. <laughs> and certainly no one's made you mad yet. Oh, no, no, no actual. Once the anger hits, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to express myself in a coherent, non-cursing manner. It's going to be rough. Um... Here's Barry in Washington. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Uh, it's actually Lexington, but that's that's all right. Uh, I'm on in there today. Popcorn. Had uh, had twins, and one of them actually ended up autistic, where one wasn't. And we actually, 48 hours roughly after her last MMR shot, uh, she lost a third of her hair, all speech, and went oh, completely vacant. Um that sparked us to get her tested at a facility, and we found out that she was uh, off the charts, toxic with arsenic, mercury, and lead. And so basically, it wasn't a direct result of the vaccines, because I'm, I'm not anti-vaccine at all, but uh, we found out that she had a uh, genetic flaw where she couldn't eliminate toxins out of her body. So I think that's I think there's a lot of that going on that's not being studied. Um, there's just there's too many high numbers now, mm -hmm. and um, you know we had we had actually physical proof that she was you know lead, arsenic, and mercury toxic off the charts. And if you look at mercury poisoning through the ages, it, it represents itself in kind of an autistic uh, symptoms. And we actually started pulling that out of her with a process called chelation, and she actually showed vast improvement. Now, we did also have to couple that with the water therapies, the animal therapies, the ABA therapies, which is one-on-one -on -one with these children uh, eight hours a day, six days a week, just kind of reteaching them uh, learning and how to speak and so forth, and she was doing great. And, I mean, we moved our entire lives out of state from where I was so we could find that therapy. Uh, but, lo and behold, 
the same thing that was helping her ended up being her undoing. Uh, she actually uh, passed away in an accident with water. Oh um, my God! So my my advice to these parents are is get get your kid in some type of swimming lessons <laughs> or something like that because uh, drowning is actually a very high cause of death among autistic kids, and it was because with her. It always has deadened her senses. You were talking about the heavy blanket. Right. uh, Water did that for her. And she would get in it and just be so at home. But the problem is is she wanted to be be completely submerged. So uh, my advice would be to, you know, these parents of autistic kids, watch them around the water and, and, and get the swim lessons. But very intensive therapy, very hard situation that we went through. And I just, I'm really, uh, really appreciative of you bringing it to the forefront with having guests like you're having today on all right uh i appreciate it and uh we said temple uh grandin will be coming up uh a little later on in the show today uh she is written a book uh with richard panic called the autistic brain Thinking Across the Spectrum, it's available in stores and online. And um, she would go in and study these cows, and and she had these unique skills. A, she could really relate to the cows, partly because she says she... She sees things in pictures. She remembers things in pictures, which is the exact way that cows uh, will, cattle uh, will. And then she would be able to design these shoots that would make them feel more comfortable going in. Some of it because it would tighten up the way that they like. And then she would actually go walking through this shoot to see how it would make her feel and she wanted to call her first book um a cow's eye view and she said that the marketing people would have nothing they were like no no temple we gotta sell books um no but it's about autism yeah this cow book's about autism well in the cattle industry she became very famous long before she started to work with these other scientists this. She is well known in that industry for these type of things. And I guess you don't want, it's like right before you uh, take the cow out, you don't want it tense. You want it as relaxed as possible because a stressed out cow kind of ruins the meat. Makes the meat taste bad? Uh, It it probably makes it tougher. So you want the cow to have no idea what's happening to it, any of the cattle. She's a hero to the meat industry. Um, she's you know made a living doing that. Um, here is uh, Scott in Tennessee. You're on the Run of Fed show. Hey Ron. Yeah. I've got a I've got a first cousin. She uh, she's got two boys. Her oldest, who is about 23, is an absolute genius. Uh, he. Uh, Went into magnet school, I guess, at about 12 years old. Uh, graduated a year early, went to college. And uh, we had a 4th of July party here about two years ago. He brought his electric guitar and is an absolute savant on guitar. I mean, I've never heard anybody, I've, you know, never heard anybody play an electric guitar like this guy can. 
And then on the other hand, she's got a 20-year-old who uh, they've sent him everywhere. He's been all across the country, uh, cannot speak a word, uh, has to uh, wear diapers. I mean, the whole nine yards. It's, I mean, she really has the best case and worst case scenario of, of autism I've ever seen. It's, it's amazing. Uh, now, of course, the genius, he has zero so, social skills. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got zero common sense, but book sense, you know, he's a genius. And then the other, the other kid's just awful. Now, does the guitar player, does he write his own music or does he just play music that's already written? Played, yeah, he just play. It's it's uh, like he can hear uh, he can hear a riff like he can he can hear right. Jimi Hendrix and and play it note for note within minutes. I mean, and all this is in his head. He played because everybody was so amazed. He played the electric guitar solo for I know two and a half hours, <laughs> and I was just I couldn't believe to stop. <laughs> just one solo. That's you great. You should join a jam band. <laughs> uh, yeah. He definitely should. Um, all right, thank you so much for calling us, dude. Those stories are always fascinating to me, and I realize they're not all of them. And I realize that there's a downside. Uh, but here's one of the things that came up in Temple's book. She said if somebody could take away the autism from her now, she wouldn't want to because she appreciates the uh, gift that it's given her. You know what I mean? The fact that she's gotten these unique skills out of it. And believe me when I tell you, the stuff that happened to her when she was young was awful. But there was also this drive in her when you watch the movie that is extraordinary. It's the exact kind of drive that you find in successful people. That she went out to these cattle ranches where they weren't looking for her, didn't want her, didn't think that any of her ideas were anything they even wanted to hear. Yeah. And she just kept pushing and writing papers and designing things. And, and finally, somebody said, look, this is... Making sense? This yeah, I'm going to try this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this kid a shot. Um, like you would in any business, you know? If you were an architect with a new design, no one's going to like it at first. I'm going to play just a little more out of the movie. This is her explaining how she can use her autism uh, to design new, new uh, ways to slaughter cattle. The cows break a leg and bring everything to a halt. With my system, there'd be none of that. There'd be a steady, calm flow. Well, that sounds great, but you don't have any idea whether it'll work. But I do. I'm like Nikola Tesla or Thomas Edison. I, I know my system will work because I've been through it a thousand times in my head. I can see a shoot just as a cattle will because that's something my autism lets me do. I can walk through a plan in my mind examining every beam and every rivet. Well, you just see a plan, but I'm walking through the whole plant. Okay. The cattle go through a series of solid curves, and the floor is solid too, grooved. The chute gets smaller, but the cattle won't mind. They don't, they don't see any danger. They think they're just getting into another truck. The stairway leads them gently upwards. The floor becomes a conveyor. A rest rises up to meet their chests, so they're comfortably carried. They'll be very calm. 
So she brings up Edison and Tesla are two people that they also thought may have had autism. Um, and at that time, we just, you know, didn't know what to call it. Tesla had a bunch of crazy problems. He was totally off the wall. Autism, I'm sure, was in there. Because he, I mean, he was creating devices, apparently, that could just send energy through the air. And David Boyd played him in that movie, which makes him that much cooler. Um, here's Mark. Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yo, Ronnie, I love you, brother. Thanks, man. Listen, uh, our oldest son, he's, uh, he's going to be 28. He just moved out, okay? He's been, he's going to get married. He has an incredible job with a hospital, and he's getting his master's degree. But rewind 20, you know, rewind 26 uh, years ago. And after his second MMR, he totally shut down. He wouldn't speak. He, uh, you know, was diagnosed with autism and an IQ of 75. And, uh, you know, the, the gentleman, the one gentleman, I think, before the, the last gentleman, you know, uh, they really have to look into the, uh, you know, those inoculations because I, I think there's, there's some kind of dynamic that's going on in there. However, um, you know, all of, all, everything that everybody mentioned, the, the animal, the water, I mean, our kid, he took to a fish, two years old, uh, in the water. Uh, and also, he, we got him a little Casio uh, piano when he was two years old. And Ronnie, this boy, can create music in his head, that movie score music. And he was, you know, he's been doing it from two up, and, you know, he still does it. He does it to relax. Mm -hmm. And it makes your hair stand up, Ron. You know? Um, and and however, he, is he writing music, or is he hearing music and then playing it again? No, no, Ronnie, he creates this music from nothing. He writes it it's in his head to lay down the track, and then he's taught himself, you know, we bought him all the, all the computers and everything, so he can take yeah. music, and he can mix it, pong it down, okay, and mixes the music, and then he layers the track. It's unbelievable. It's like, if you heard this music, it's on Zimmer music, it, it, it blows your mind. All right, I'm having trouble with your phone, but uh, I have seen some of that stuff before. I find it just uh, fascinating. Here's Joan in Pennsylvania. You're on the Run and Fez show. Hi, how are you? Good, Joan. I just want to say I don't have a degree. Uh, I'm just, uh, uh, I like the truth. So I've done a lot of research because there's so many people affected. And one of the things that I've noticed is that in this country we call this a disorder. And the research that I've done, um, there are geneticists who have proven this is not a disorder. This is a genetic selection. They've done it through ice drilling where they found the same genes around the time of the ice age, which allowed people to stop being farmers and to move. They call it the hunter gene or the Edison gene. And the gene has 37 alleles or variations. And my suggestion, I, I met with a researcher at Children's Hospital in Philadelphia who had been doing research for five years. One of the things she noticed is that every variation had a certain amount of anxiety, autism and Asperger's being the highest levels of anxiety. Um, so I gather my thoughts. Go ahead. you got plenty of time. Sure. Thank you. Um, I just want to make sure I get it get it across so the the possibility that each variation of the gene and there are 37 could have a sensitivity to certain chemicals whether it be an mmr or something in the water or something that children are exposed to either in the hospital this is right now not 
proven. But each uh, sensitivity or allele, each, um, excuse me, variation or allele, would have its own sensitivity and then have a reaction like an allergy, which would then present as a disorder from low anxiety to all the different forms of ADHD to Asperger's, Tourette's, uh, autism, everything on the spectrum. And I suggested to the researcher if she lined up every child in her research group by the disorder, then test them genetically, would the children in each line all have the same allele or variation? And she looked at me and said, well, yes. <laughs> so this may be something that is going to come out and be proven that this is an allergic reaction to something. In the meantime, if you tell a person, if I said to you, you have a brain disorder when you're seven years old, you would lose your self-esteem. You would think you're no good, that you're going to struggle for the rest of your life. You would go on medication, uh, if anyone out there has ever taken street speed, that's what it is. Oh, it I have. feels horrible, like horrible. So by the time they hit teenage, they tell their parents, I'm not taking this anymore, or they just sell it to their friends. And why shouldn't they? Because they're nobody. They have a disorder. In India, they say, oh, no, these people, we revere them. They've lived thousands of lives. They're reincarnated. So it depends how you want to look at this, but the geneticist, the scientist, uh, one whose name is Robert Moises, he's at Berkeley in California with his own lab studying this, has proven that this is a genetic selection with attributes, the ability to have 60 thoughts in your head at one time. Einstein did it, Edison, uh, there are lists of people. With and, and, you, and you honestly think it goes back to the first cavemen who started making tools? Well, that Oh, I don't know if it was the first cavemen making tools. I do know that for a long time our planet provided us with green earth to, to farm. Uh -huh. And then when the Ice Age hit, the only people that survived had to move. And when you move, you have to have awareness that you don't have to have when you're a farm, farmer. They proved through ice drilling. They found this gene. It's called the DRD4 gene with 37 variations in the ice drilling at the time of the Ice Age. Now, we are having planetary changes in our weather pattern, very similar to what happened back then. And the change did not come over hundreds of years. The change happened within less than 10 years. So right now, they're finding that more and more kids are born with this gene to the point where maybe all children, almost all children, have the gene. Now, the variation they have depends on the variation they have. So... If they are exposed to a chemical, and then they're going to have a type of uh, Asperger's or at just low-end anxiety uh, or autism or different forms of ADHD. There's 37 different ways to have this. But what they can contribute to our society is incredible. Most of them have extremely high IQs. Some of them can't test for an IQ test. The fellow who said his child had a test score of 75, it's just possible that he couldn't take the test properly. Right. But the the abilities that they have, if, if these children are drugged and not able to use these gifts, we're doomed. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Joan. That's um, interesting stuff. Uh, 
Hicks, you're very familiar with the X-Men. Oh, yeah. It's got a very X-Men <laughs> move to it. Yeah, where things are just changing, I guess, in the genetics. And I'm going to take them all uh, up into a school in Westchester, and then I'm going to have them turn on the humans. Listen, you should have them at SUNY Purchase. <laughs> God, that place is too depressing. <laughs> that, 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 that place would give anybody anxiety. <laughs> it looks like a prison, people. Well, you know that that school was designed during the 1960s, right? Did you ever hear that? Oh uh, yeah, and that they um, designed the mall, the the large... so you could roll tanks in. Yeah, and every and inside the dorms, the original dorms are still up there. The kids still stay in. Um, all the doors can lock, so you can lock off all the different parts of the actual dormitories. This was Rockefeller's big plan. Like we are going to make sure college kids of the 60s, uh, from now on, stay depressed. No one, no one is rioting. Um, here's, uh, Ashley. You're on the Run of Fez show. Did you say Ashley? Yeah. Hi. Um, yeah, I just wanted to comment. Um, I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. There's a lot of Amish here. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's no autism or learning disabilities in the Amish community. Um, and, you know, they eat all organic, locally grown, no GMOs, you know, in their food. And, uh, they also don't follow the vaccinations of you know regular people so you know scientists are confused by it but i mean there's got to be a link there yeah but there's also inbreeding and dwarfism and extra fingers um <laughs> they looked at all that <laughs> you know and a lot of i mean there's also no anxiety because they get up in the morning and you know hook up a plow to the back of a horse i mean they really haven't joined into anything they have bills or they just own the land that's it you know, uh, that well, normally I think they do try to pay in one lump sum. They save it up and pay it off. But l land has become, uh, you know, so expensive now, and they're starting to move in other parts of the country where they've never been before. But the, I don't think they pay taxes. What? And they don't vote. They're really, like, not Americans. Almost like sovereign, somewhat. Yeah. Like I don't know why... I don't know how they got over with that. They don't get drafted because they're nonviolent. So did like, all right, so, so did dudes try to get into the Amish community then, like in the sixties? Is it get out of Nam? No, they don't bring people into oh, their yeah. community. You can't. Yeah, yeah, you can't uh, migrate. Yeah, to Pennsylvania. Yeah, they're not looking to bring other folks in. I want to convert. Come on. The only people that they ever let in was Harrison Ford and Munson. That's the only two that have ever made their way into that. Uh, I think we are going to break here and... Come, what, you looking up who Munson was? No, Munson, yeah. Yeah, now you got it. Yeah, it took me a second to That's remember. okay. You got that whole thing in front of you. That's your brain. It, 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 that's sad All right. scary. By the way, that uh, the pictures of that guy is... Uh, what's his name? The guy who got hit in the back of the head, the artist. It's um, Jason Padgett. Exactly. This stuff he draws freehand, and he couldn't draw before. And that stuff is all supposedly mathematically correct. Which is kind of interesting that the arts and math go together a lot more than we ever let on. And he sees the world that way, dude. So he's walking around just seeing all these patterns. patterns. The patterns that actually exist. 
the patterns that exist and the stuff that make up everything. Sometimes I wish I could just knock myself in the head and become a mathematician. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good idea. Imagine, all right, so ma imagine once, if it ever happens, scientists can't harness the brain. Like, we'll be in space in no time. I'm, I mean, if, if... We've already been to space, dude. Well, no, I'm talking like other planets, rather. I mean, we'll go to Mars, no problem. I mean, faster than light travel, easy. I'm telling you. We gotta unlock this whole brain thing. The odd thing is you couldn't sound stupider than you do right now, just making that leap ahead. Oh, what are you talking about? I'm saying, what if they harnessed the, the brain? That's what we've been doing throughout our entire evolution. No, but autism style. Where we start, we like, all right, see? We have. We've brought up Edison. Mm-hmm. Has it. Okay, but how many Edisons come along? What if we're able to then... See, give people autism. Do you like realize how many new inventions there are every day? There's new apps. There's Edison's all over the place. Me and Zuckerberg are working on a thing. What? We call it Double Facebook. <laughs> Can I join? Is there a beta testing? I want to. I want to make friends on Double Facebook. Double Facebook is going to be badass. You should call it the Double Facebook. Um. Mike, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B, million bucks. Hey. I'm going to have to politely disagree with the woman who just called from the uh, Amish country. It's very irresponsible of her to get on the radio and say that uh, vaccinations cause autism. That study has been found to be completely false. The doctor who did it admitted to falsifying uh, data. And on top of that, we've had four whooping cough deaths, percussive deaths, in the United States this year alone, which is an easily vaccinatable disease. And we've had a, a, a measles death in North Carolina for the first time in 30 years. It's irresponsible to, to, to perpetuate this myth that vaccinations cause autism in any respect. Thank you, Ronnie B. I, I appreciate it. And I, I mentioned earlier, I know a lot of people have this concern. But anything that I've ever read about this, and I'm no... I, I'm not well read in it, but I haven't read any scientists agreeing with some of the people out there. Uh, they think that your kids should be vaccinated. Um, here's Tam in New Jersey. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, Ron. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to concur with your last caller. It ha a good book for people to read about the, the fact that there is no link between autism and vaccines is a book called The Panic Virus, and it really just lays out the case in, in, in no uncertain terms that it's not related. And I also agree that it is very, uh, you know, irresponsible for parents not to get their kids vaccinated because there are, you know, real consequences to your, to your caller's last point. Uh, I appreciate your call. And uh, I've uh, I got loaded up phones, all kinds of people want to talk, but I want to go to break so we can come back uh, with Temple Grandin. Now, her book is called The Autistic Brain, Thinking Across the Spectrum. It's available in stores and online, but she's written several books now. Um, and the book out is uh, the movie about her that HBO did is called what Temple Grandlin is the name yeah, of the book. Her name Temple uh, Grandin uh, of the of the movie. Uh, you've got to see the movie. It's really remarkable, and 
the interesting thing to me about her is no matter what happens, you've got to deal with it, you know? And here you took this kid born, I think she was born in the 40s, so growing up in the 50s, where nobody was dealing with autism. Uh, and her mother did some smart stuff. She had some good teachers along the way, uh, some good friends who would say, we believe in you, you're going in the right direction. And she's turned this thing into uh, an amazing career for herself, as well as being a real benefit to society in a, in a couple of different ways, to the farming community and later to the scientific community, first telling her own story and then now uh, helping bring other people in. She's very interested in not giving up on kids and having kids do just as much as uh, they can. I've never met her before now, and if you heard from some of the clips, she has a different way of talking. She dresses, uh, I believe, to be really hip, kind of an Annie Oakley cowgirl thing. Um, she's different, and different to me is always... Uh, a breath of fresh air. So we'll take a break here, and we'll be back with the writer of The Autistic Brain, Thinking Across the Spectrum, Temple Grandin. The Ron and Fez Show on the Old Bean Anthony Channel. Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. Just a healthy boy. His mama always did her best, and he was daddy's pride and joy. He learned to walk and talk on time, but never cared much to be held. Instead of Lee, he would decline into his solitary shell. As a boy, he was. The Autistic Brain, Thinking Across the Spectrum, is the new book, and Temple Grandin is in studio with us. Hi, Temple. Nice to see you. Great to be here. Uh, congratulations on the book, and there's been a lot of new findings about autistic thinking over the last couple of years. Well, there's been a lot of changes in diagnosis, too. In the first chapter of The Autistic Brain, uh, Richard Panic and I review the history of the diagnosis, which since the 50s has changed a whole lot from being psychological to neurological. Also, the diagnosis has been broadened. Some originally in the diagnosis, you had to have speech delay uh, in order to be labeled autistic. Now you can have just social uh, problems and... Uh, get labeled Asperger's, now they're changing that. It's not a precise diagnosis. Autism is a big spectrum, and it goes from Einstein, who had no speech until age three, to Steve Jobs, to uh, somebody that remains nonverbal and very, very severely handicapped. And like you said, some amount of it is fantastic. It helps you excel and find things, and other parts of it could be disabling. Well, yes, and the thing that happens on the high end of the spectrum is uneven skills. Mm -hmm. At one end of the spectrum, you get a brilliant radio engineer that's keeping this station on the air. Right. If you didn't have a little bit of autism, you wouldn't have a radio station. They would have never been invented. <laughs> 
and you get too much autism and you're going to get very severe handicaps where even with the best uh, education the person would have to live in supported living it's it's a big spectrum it's like a little bit of the trait you get somebody that's an artist or you get somebody that might be a good musician or a math whiz computer programmer good at one thing bad at something else one of the things I always emphasize is building on the kids strength you know my ability when I was young was art and that I turned into my uh, animal behavior um, studies and also uh, used it in designing equipment. So you were able to build upon uh, your first passion by adding new passions to it and new senses of discovery for you. Well, basically, um, I'm a total visual thinker, mm -hmm. where a lot of people that tend up end up in radio tend to be more verbal thinkers. Mm -hmm. See, everything I think about, there is a picture you know and then there's other people that are very verbal and there's other people that are more mathematical pattern thinkers and they're people that are good at computer programming and in the autistic brain got a whole chapter devoted to research showing that there is two kinds of visual thinking there's the object of photorealistic uh, visual thinking and then there's the more mathematical where you are pattern thinking where you're located in space you know, basically the art type and the engineering type. And to get good projects, you need to have both of those working together. And what we need to do with our kids is not to act like any one type of thinking is better than another type of thinking. Well, different kinds of minds complement each other. Mm -hmm. As a visual thinker, I tend to be disorganized. So Richard Panic, a wonderful science writer, well, he, he got the book organized. You see, you need to have different minds working together. Like, for example, on something like the Fukushima nuclear power plant, I can't design a nuclear power plant, but there's no way I would have put those emergency backup generators for that super important emergency pump, put those things in a non-waterproof basement where those generators are going to drown and not work. Right. There's no way I would have done that because I would have seen the water coming in there. And what I found out when I is that the mathematician didn't see it. They just don't see it. And it's because their their brains, their minds don't go to that. Well, spot. their minds don't go there. Yeah. My minds don't go into the mathematics that would be required to design a nuclear reactor. But my mind can visualize all different kinds of ways it could break. You know, and I could see water going into that non-waterproof basement. Those generators and all the wiring is underwater, and you're in so much trouble. It's just terrible. Well, you talk about this in the book, and by the way, it's the autistic brain thinking across the spectrum. And I'm a big fan of creativity and thinking about uh, creativity. Too. And I have so many songwriters that come in and do the show and attempt to explain songwriting. And the one of the interesting thing is temple most of them don't know exactly how they do it or they can't verbalize no, they can't. how they do it but there's different types of creativity mm -hmm. and and when the different types of creativity can understand how they can actually work together you know like take the iphone and the ipad for example steve jobs was an engineer he was an artist Right. Making that beautiful interface. And then the engineers have to make the insides work. You see the two work together on that. Yeah, and he'd always been thinking marketing. Wozniak was thinking about the gears and what it's done, but already the jobs was thinking packaging and how to make it kind of sexy and appealing but to people. But also make it easy to use. Mm -hmm. It went beyond just putting it in a pretty package. Right. You made a phone that was really easy to use. You explained that when you think you almost see a movie 
And when you think about designs, you will see it as a movie. I see it as a movie. Yeah. And when I first started out working in cattle, I went to every feed yard in Arizona and a whole bunch of feed yards down in Texas, handled cattle in many different facilities, you know, good ones, terrible ones. Then I started taking bits and pieces and throwing out the bad bits, put the good bits together, invent some new bits. Um, and the more stuff you get out and see, the more ideas you get, you got more ideas to put in those picture files in my mind. Like, for example, let's say I just want to visualize something simple like concrete forming, for example. Yeah. Well, if I had never seen concrete formed, I'd have a hard time visualizing it. Now I'm seeing a new hotel that they're building at, the, at our airport right now. And you would be able to, once you get it in there, that helps for now on for you to imagine other things to do well, with it. Well, yes. And I, um, in horror, looked at this uh, factory that collapsed in Bangladesh. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you right now, there's no way that that uh, building was built strong enough. I took one look at those columns and the rods in there. I go, oh, how could they? That's wicked. Right. Anyone who knows anything about building, that's just wicked. They knew that was going to fall down. So it's always engineering for you, how to make things stronger, better, faster. Well, you look at anything and you start thinking I'll look that, at that. You know, The first thing I did is look at the rubble pile and I go, wait a minute, there's, um, this is absolutely horrible. How could they use columns that small and that thinner rod? Yeah. Well, you know, when you were coming up... Uh, most schools didn't understand autism, correct? Your parents had to kind of help you find more and more places where you could excel. Well, one thing, Mother had a really good sense of how to stretch me and push me. I'm seeing too many kids that are kind of geeky and on the real mild end of the spectrum. You know, they ought to be a computer scientist out in California. And they haven't learned how to shop, you know, mm -hmm. or think, I mean, just basics, how to shake hands. When I was a very young child, I was about eight, seven or eight, I put on my party dress, and Mother had me shake hands with her dinner guests, and then I had to say, how do you do to them, and I had to serve them hors d'oeuvres. And I loved doing it because it was kind of grown up, right. but it was teaching important social rules, learning how to take turns. Also, in the 50s, those things were taught in a much more rigid way, but I'm seeing too many kids on the mild end of the spectrum haven't been taught how to shake hands. They don't know how to shop. Um, they uh, Nobody's taught them any manners, and these things have to be taught like coaching an actor in the play. One of the big problems we have in autism is at one end of the spectrum you've got an Einstein who didn't talk until age three, and at the other end of the spectrum you've got somebody much more handicapped and is going to have to be living in supported housing for the rest of their life. You see, it's almost like yeah. two groups here. Um, so what would you do if to, to say to people, uh, and we have many listening to uh, our show that have children or family members with autism, what types of things should they be doing right well, away? Well, the first thing is little kids. Mm -hmm. If you've got a two-year-old or a three-year-old that's not talking, worst thing you can do is nothing. you got to work with that child. And if you're somewhere where there's no services, get some grandmothers, some students to volunteer, play turn-taking games with them, teach them language, uh, teach them words, nursery rhymes. you got to work on any engaging that kid. You also have to be careful about the sensory problems. They're very variable. There's some kids you take them in a big, crowded, noisy supermarket, and they just can't stand it. Mm -hmm. because they feel like they're inside the speaker at the rock concert. Right. And there's others where that won't be a problem. There's others that can't stand fluorescent lights. Sensory problems are extremely, extremely um, uh, variable, and they can be a, a real problem. People need to understand that. The other thing you got to do is take something the kid's good at. And there's a lot of people in music, I'm sure, that are a little bit on the spectrum. Sure. You know, let's work on, on developing that. Well, let's... 
the kids, if the kid doesn't take music in school, then he's not going to get exposed to it. Right. I think one of the worst things the schools have done is take out art and music and cooking and sewing and wood shop and welding, all those practical hands-on kinds of things. Because this is where a lot of these kids can excel. And if they're good at music, we want to develop that. My ability in art was really encouraged, and I was encouraged to do lots of different kinds of art, not just the same horse heads over and over and over again. Right. And because of that, you were able to start designing, designing over and over because you had uh, great eye and hand yeah. coordination. Well, the other thing is I learned work skills. I'm seeing too many of these kids that get a label, ADHD, maybe a little bit of Asperger's, autism. In the diagnostic uh, system, when they change it, it'll be made social communication disorder. They get a label and they go, poor little Jimmy. He's got a little bit of autism. We'll order his hamburger for him. Right. No, little Jimmy's got to go up to the counter and learn how to order it himself. Learn how to shop. Learn you can't go in the stores and touch everything. Learning just these basic skills, saying please and thank you. Uh, uh, it's just got to be taught out in the community. And I'm saying too many uh, kids have never learned to work. When I was 13, I had a little sewing job mm -hmm. that my mother arranged for me two afternoons a week. And then when I was 15, I was cleaning eight horse stalls every day. You know, there's a discipline to doing work. And I think it's a shame that the paper routes are gone. You know, what kids could do today in the city is walk dogs for people. Sure. And this needs to start at around 12. And they got to walk that dog every day, even if it is raining. There's a discipline to work, even if you got a job that you love. Let's take music, for example. You know, constantly packing up your stuff and moving to another venue. That's not fun. Right. But that's part of that job. There's grunt work that goes along with the fun parts because it is work after all. And I'm seeing too many smart kids aren't learning the discipline of work. And they're sitting at home playing video games all day. And they're not going into the video game industry. They're right. going into that. I'd be fine with that. But they're not getting employed because they hadn't learned how to work. Well, it's because we don't like things to be unpleasant these days. When you were younger, you thought of unpleasant is just part of life. Today, we stay away from anything that's unpleasant. Well, I loved uh, the kind of, um, you know, I got recognition for running the horse barn. I had to put the horses in and out of the barn, clean the stalls, repair the barn, uh, make sure I was very careful about how I fed the horses. Mm -hmm. And there were parts of that job that weren't fun. Carrying bushel baskets of sawdust up the stairs to bed the stalls was not a yeah. fun. That was one part of that job I actually hated, and I rigged up a pulley system so I wouldn't have to do that anymore. So, again, problem solving. Yeah, that's right. And this is the interesting thing because I think at one point we thought of autism as some kind of special gift that we couldn't understand. So some kid would be able to listen to Chopin and play the music well, back. Well, there's or, some savants yeah. that can do that. You see, there's a, the main thing that's kind of the core feature in autism is social awkwardness. Mm -hmm. Some of the social circuits just aren't hooked. Up. I think a brain can be made to be more cognitive or a brain can be made to be more social. And then you kind of got two big groups here. You've got a you know a mild group that, you know, if they get the right treatment can get out and work. And one place where research is needed is on how to handle some of these sensory issues mm -hmm. because it can make a restaurant with five TVs just impossible to tolerate. And then you've got a much more severe group, it's probably half the people on the spectrum, that are not gonna be able to live on their own. They're gonna have to live in supported housing. Um, you know, they may be only partially verbal. They may have other medical problems in conjunction with the autism. And no idea yet what takes us from one place 
to the other. Well, it's largely genetics. Complicated yeah. genetics, especially in little tiny code variations in code that makes the brain. And it's it's very complicated. Okay, there's been researchers go out and they survey several hundred families and they find one variation that accounts for 5% of the families. Mm-hmm. It's not simple. And some of the people saying that it comes from vaccines. Well, I'm getting really sick of that issue because that yeah. just distracts from the things I'm really interested in, like developing a kid's area of strength. If he's good at art, develop art. Good at music, develop art. Uh, music. Good at writing, let's develop writing. And he's got to learn how to do these things, produce things that other people want. And getting these these guys on the milder end of the spectrum employed. That is one of my things I'm really interested in. Because when people are employed, it changes the way they think about themselves. It changes the way they think about society. Well, and I've seen I've seen students where they've gone all the way through college and they mm-hmm. get a degree in something like philosophy or political science, and they've never worked. By the time I got out of college, I had done an internship. Now, it was an unpaid internship mm-hmm. where I worked in a research lab and I had to rent my own house with another person. And then another um, another place I had to uh, I rented a room in a in a house mm-hmm. when I did a, a job one summer for um, taking care of a little autistic kids, but you know I had a lot of work skills by the time I graduated I painted all kinds of signs for different events. Mm-hmm. And you also were you went into an industry that didn't really look to women. You had oh, to, that was difficult. You had to get above that. Well, one of the ways I got above it was. When they read the articles I wrote for the farming magazine, I wrote good articles. And they thought it was really weird. But when I showed off my portfolio, my drawings, pictures of things I had designed, you know, they go, oh, she's weird. But then when I whipped out this great big drawing, they go, oh, you did that? Mm-hmm. See, this is where when you're kind of a weird weird geek, you need to make a portfolio of your work. Right. It could be art. It could be music. It could be poetry. It could be writing. It could be mathematical things, computer programming. And you want to put your best stuff in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. So when someone opens it, they go, wow, don't put yeah. the junk in it. And you want to make sure the stuff you put in there fits the particular client that you're visiting with and also not being discouraged as you're on this journey that there were times that you were turned down you still had to go back and convince people that yeah, you had and some, there were great some ideas. good people that helped me the movie yeah. emphasized a lot of the bad people but there were some good people there was a wonderful contractor named jim mm. who recognized my ability and i designed projects for him there was ted gilbert at the red river feed yard there were some really good people in the livestock industry that recognized my abilities. There also is that scene in the movie where they slam down the deodorant and say, you stink, use it. Right. That actually happened. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be a little bit more of that kind of stuff. And I was very angry at the boss at the time. And his secretaries did take me out shopping. Yeah. That actually happened. And you know what? I thank that boss now. Right. And you know what? I think that boss may have been a little bit on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's true of this also in... A lot of musicians come yes. in here, okay. and they have very little idea of outside skills whatsoever. But what worries me is I'm seeing the older people, 60, 50, 40 musicians that get to come in here and mm-hmm. be on your station, but then I'm seeing junior where that hasn't been developed and he hasn't learned any work skills. Right. I'm seeing people get computer science degrees and get a really nice job. But they sort of just don't like it. They haven't learned the discipline of work, where they have not been harassed at work. They had a quiet place to work. They had a good boss. They had work they liked doing. But it is called work, and they're going to have to do some things that aren't always fun.
like get up in the morning every morning and get there. Get there and make it happen and make there be worth for you. Uh, the fact that you're making them money makes you money. Um, I go over your book and your career, and the thing that's interesting is that you've excelled in so many different places. That first you came into the livestock industry, you were designing things, but now you're writing these types of books about autism, going out and speaking. It's well, and I. Re- read a lot and I read yeah. a lot of scientific stuff and then one chapter in the, in the autistic brain is all about my brain scans and right. the latest technology comes out I'm jumping in there to try it out and that's been really exciting and basically what's shown up in the brain scans yeah they found a huge visual circuit mm-hmm. they found an abnormal circuit that would explain my speech delay they also found that in my math department in the left parietal cortex is kind of full of water you know cerebral spinal fluid so that's why that doesn't work and Multitasking can be a problem. It, you know, but a good teacher can also find out these things. And you've got to build on the strength. We've got to be thinking a lot more. What can this kid do when he grows up? And the thing that drives me just nuts is I go back out in the meat industry and I find a 35-year-old rancher raises Angus cattle, very successful. I know he's on the spectrum, undiagnosed. There's a guy who runs a maintenance shop at a meat plant. I know he's undiagnosed. And then I see Junior. 22-year-old junior sitting in the basement playing video games and it's the same guy you see i don't you see being a visual thinker i'm seeing individual people right that i you know and and i it really 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 bothers me when i see a smart geeky kid that hasn't been developed and i think it's very difficult for teachers to shift gears between the more severe end of the spectrum and the higher end of the spectrum because you've got this thing called autism and it's just so variable yeah you can't really define it just as autism well the one thing that's a real core issue is the lack of social relatedness that Mm -hmm. is the main core issue so what do you do when you have that shy kid, or we think of about it as a shy kid, and he doesn't want to go out there and get social? What do we do for We've those We've got to get him into um, in doing things. And one of the things to do, you can't just suddenly throw a surprise at him. You can't just toss him in the deep end of the pool. You know, I'm using that figuratively. Sure. That does not work. But let's say you take that, that, that shy kid, and let's say he's interested in music. Well, we're going to get him in a music class. Let's get him in with peers where there's a shared interest. Mm-hmm. You know, I was teased horribly and bullied in school and the only places i was not bullied was science lab and horseback riding because the students that did that didn't bully get him involved in those sort of things but you are going to have to get him out of the house when i was 15 and i had a chance to go to my aunt's ranch well mother gave me a choice not going wasn't one of the choices the choice was one week or all summer and once I got out there, I loved it. But we got to stretch these kids. There's a tendency yeah. sometimes to coddle these kids. Got to stretch them. Okay, if you, uh, you know someone who knows music, you bring them in here and start showing them stuff. We got to show kids interesting stuff. You know, the radio station's really an interesting place. They don't ever see it. Yeah. You know, we've got to use those back doors on how we can get kids in showing them interesting stuff because autistic kids tend to get fixated on things. I want them fixated on things that can turn into work. Like being a radio station engineer now you said it made you nervous to try new things uh, when you were a kid because if you hadn't seen it before you didn't know what you were going to get into well mother had a really good sense of how hard to push and one thing that did show up in my brain scans is that my fear center was three times larger than normal I am now been on antidepressants for years yeah and there are some 
individuals with high panic attacks and anxiety where they need to take a little bit of Prozac, literally low dose, because if you take too high a dose, you're going to get agitated and insomnia. That will also help keep you off the drugs and alcohol, because mm-hmm. I know that that's a problem with a lot of creative types. Uh, but you, there's, you got me down. <laughs> yeah, but they, and a little bit of Prozac, I know a lot of creative professionals in the, you know, like in the construction design sure. field that the Prozac's keeping them off drugs and alcohol, and, and it's just saved them. But then, on the other hand, there's way too many drugs given out for little kids like candy. It's absolutely It's horrible. a scary amount. It's horrible. Be- yeah, because we're handing it out to kind of calm them or bring them down, but not doing the challenging things like well, you are talking got, about. Well, we've got, you know, we're taking resales out of the schools, and the little boys are supposed to sit still. That's, like, ridiculous. Yeah. You got to get them out and exercise them, and and I think there's some dietary things. Cut out a pile of sugar. Um, the research is getting very clear that omega three supplements, fish oil supplements, are good for the brain in a real generalized sort of way. And does that work just as well for adults as it does yes. for kids? Yes, it does. And it's an, and and it's a lot of different studies where, in a real generalized sort of way, um, getting the omega threes is is good for the brain because people forget the brain's insulation is actually made out of fat. So. Stay with the fish oils and follow along with that. Uh, the book exercise too. exercise all the time. Well, a lot of that stuff, like for you when you were working on the ranch, that comes to you with not even thinking about it. I mean, you were you were living an active well, and that lifestyle. was really really good for me. Yeah, as you were doing that, do you think that we got to get kids into nature more to temples? Yes, that help? I think we do, and and we got to get kids exercising a whole lot more. And we're getting too many video games recluses. Mm-hmm. Some people said, well, you're just no fogarty that doesn't like video games. Look, if that kid could learn programming and go into that industry, fine. But I'm the kind of kid that could have become a video game addict. I can't program. Right. I tried it. Went back. I, I, I had access to the exact same computer that Bill Gates had access to, and I, I could not do it. And um, and then I don't do the right type of artwork for video games. Right. And and I'm We've got. We can't let them just become recluses in the house. They got to pull them out, and there's somewhere. Little help from some antidepressants to cut down on anxiety will be needed. Exercise, but we've got to get them doing things and teaching work skills. It needs to start in middle school, around 12, 13 years old, like walking dogs. And how about fix computers for local shops? Uh, work in the farmers market. Um, how about be a tour guide in a museum? Some museums will take them at age 12, and then they can be taught social skills, like you don't stalk the clients around the museum, you don't stand too close, right. you coach them on how to talk to the visitors at the museum. Uh, the book is The Autistic Brain, Thinking Across the Spectrum. I thought one of the interesting things uh, that came up, Temple, uh, that you bring up in the book is is even though the, you had to go through a lot, you dealt with anxiety, you dealt with different social problems, that when you were asked, were you happy or would you have rather gotten rid of the autism, you were glad that you had the challenges that you had? Well, I wouldn't want to lose my visual thinking, my logical way of thinking. You know, the thing is, you get on the milder end of the spectrum, that's sort of who you are. Mm-hmm. Now you get in the more severe end of the spectrum, and in, in my book, The Autistic Brain, there's two people profiled in there that type independently, that appear very low-functioning. They flap, they can't control their body movements, and they describe jumbled-up sensory systems that don't give um, accurate information. It takes tremendous effort to screen out the smallest background noise, and I think that um, that chapter is going to give people a lot of insight into the sensory issues. And these are people that type completely independently. Um, you know, just meeting you, even though that obviously you're 
a very creative person, a very logical person. The point, I think, to, to make, especially to the parents out there, is so much of this has to do with hard work. The thing that got you ahead is well, a lot of your ability to work. It was lots of hard work, and, and I learned how to work. And one of the things that they teased me when I was in high school, they used to call me Workhorse. Mm-hmm. And I'd go across the parking lot, and they'd go, Workhorse! <laughs> and then the other thing they would call me is Tape Recorder, because I would always use the same phrases right. over and over again. Did that bother you, or yes. is that again, was that something that you were glad to learn how to deal with and I, move Teasing on? was absolutely horrible. High school was the worst part of my life, and the only times where I had relief from it was the special interest, riding horses, you know, taking care of the horse barn, uh, electronics lab, and I was in the model rocket club. And when I was doing those activities... Those students that did those activities did not tease. Right. Now it's worse with social media. Because oh, yeah. I could have been out riding my horse and they would have been texting me. <laughs> right, bothering you. You couldn't get away from it. Have you ever gone back to meet any of those bullies and go back to say, look, whatever? I have never actually met yeah. the worst of the bullies. I know they've never come out of the woodwork. I'm not going to mention their names. Right. But there's like four or five of the worst bullies, and they have not come out of the woodwork and 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 uh, tracked me down. It, now I have a lot of other associates I've had right. have, but not the worst bullies. But it would be very interesting for me to see what they think of all your accomplishments and everything that you've been able to do. No, oh, and they've um, well, and then one thing I have learned with some of the associates that came back is that some of the people that were the big man on campus, right. big important person on campus. They had a decent career, mm-hmm. decent job, but it was it was pretty ordinary. Right. Compared to the work That's that right. you've Maybe done. Maybe they worked um, selling cars or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Using their social skills. Yeah. And using their social skills and having yeah. a perfectly decent career. Uh, Temple, thank you so much. What a pleasure to meet you. But uh, I... I hope that uh, some of the folks that are out there that could most get the most out of this book, uh, The Autistic Brain, Thinking Across the Spectrum, it's in stores now and online. Thank you so much for Thank you so much for having me. And I'll see you next time coming through. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, the Autistic Brain, Thinking Across the Spectrum, that was uh, Temple Grandin. This was the funniest thing ever. Uh, she and I were talking on the way out, and um, out of nowhere she goes, that it's always the creative people versus the suits, <laughs> and we were pointing down the hall. Amazing. Well, she saw the don't go home with hope, and that kind of hurt her feelings. And I had to point out that O&A were doing it as a joke because of some of the stuff that happened. And then she said, it's always every place I've ever been, it's the creative people versus the suits. I like that. I like the temple. I go, that should be the name of your next book because it's true.
we call it T-shirts versus the suits, but any way you want to do it. Well, you didn't get too upset from that sign, though. She was kind of hurt from it. She almost thought, because it says Sirius XM underneath it, that it was some kind of company policy. We're going to brand you with this also, Temple. So please. Don't say brand to her, because oh, no. she thinks of branding a different way. Uh, all right, Ron and Faye show, and uh, we got to you know catch up now on a lot of different stuff. Uh, Earl said is something that he said has already been pulled off of the interview uh, off the internet, but uh, you were able to get it up on. The internet. What exactly is it, Hicks? Okay, this is a Mountain Dew ad uh, that PepsiCo pulled after, like, I don't know, it was online for a very short amount of time, and then they pulled it because people started freaking out a little bit. Uh, it's it's a Mountain Dew ad featuring a goat and a lineup of young black gentlemen, and this is this is the the ad. All right, man, we got them all lined up. Nail this little sucker. Come on, which one is he? Point to him. Uh, it's me. You should have gave me some more. I'm nasty. I don't think I can do this. It's easy. Just point to him. You better not snitch on a player. No. He's wearing the do-right. Snitches get stitches, foe. Come on, it's the one with the four legs. You thought you was going to catch no, no. me? Keep your mouth shut. No. Keep your mouth shut. No. I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to do you up. Keep your mouth shut down. I can't do this! I can't do this! No! 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 She's just got to do it. You're never going to catch me! Wow, that's some nutty shit. <clears throat> I guess they're implying she was attacked or yeah. possibly even raped. Well, I think that, that that's not the part that's controversial. I think the fact that they just use four big black guys. <laughs> like, here's a normal lineup, and then we put a goat in it. That was also talking a little urban, you could say. I don't know if I'd say it was urban. I thought it just sounded crazy. It was created by Tyler the Creator, a rapper from the group Odd Future. So, I mean, if a black guy made it, what's the problem? That's what I like to say too. <laughs> now I feel, I feel 100 percent okay with it. Uh, another thing that they're listing as a hate crime, or is it just vandalism? Um, it's a school. And where's the school located at Hicks? Oh, this I think it's in uh, Tennessee. My figures. And I think it was Eagle High School. Yeah, Eagle High School. And they came in and painted it. Uh, so they took out the... <laughs> they took out the goal and fixed the E so it looked like an F. And then it was F-A-G. And now this is what you would normally call a student prank. 
I find it funny. Oh, it's Boise, by the way. I was totally off on Tennessee. Same thing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. This, that's high up. The, the, right. They the, climbed up and did it. The name of the school is just, it's in the middle of the school. It's a big building. Mm-hmm. It's, it says Eagle High School. These kids put some work into defacing this property. This ain't no A crime. This is just good old-fashioned vandalism and fun. Um, if you're going to charge them with anything. Back in my school, there used to be uh, like senior prank day or something like that. It was just stupidity. Uh, for our senior prank day, someone released uh, mice into the cafeteria. Witty. It's great. Well, we also used to have this thing against Sun Valley High School where they would come over to our school and throw toilet paper all over anything. And then we would do a thing like if we saw someone from Sun Valley, we would hit them with chains and sticks until they went into a coma. And that's just the hijinks the kids would do. That doesn't count as hijinks. sounds like assault. Well, we had good reason. They had split-level houses. And it's time to take those bastards down. Oh, okay. Take dead aim on the rich kids. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that it's a hate crime. I think it's a couple of idiots with paint. And believe me, no one cool is ever going to climb up there anyway. Uh, I think it's creative. I think these kids really thought this out, and they were able to go viral with it. Um, <laughs> well, hey, listen, dog, we're, we're on the internet, dude. Well, first of all, they're going. somebody is going to break, because these kids have already been bragging about it. <laughs> and getting high accolades everywhere. Uh, Matt, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, man, she was. She really knew what she was saying. I don't know why he didn't try to get Fez in there to talk to her because it seems like all the symptoms were exactly the same. Um, Fez's rank told him that he does not have Asperger's or any of that, and um, he did not want to talk. He's he was telling me that he's having a bad blood flow week. That's not good. Not with the past things that have happened. Right. Yeah. And that keeps him from thinking good, too, also. Um, so you get a big kick out of that, huh? I, I wish I had a t-shirt that said that. <laughs> that would be a hate crime if you had that. No. Uh, here's an IB story I'm sure that you would like. Uh, a guy wrote a thing called How I Paid My Rent Smoking Weed in Harlem. And he got 700 bucks, and he only could smoke as much weed as they told him to, and in the manner that they told him to. Yeah. Like, they were telling him how long he had to fucking inhale, hold it, and then exhale. When I uh, when I got kicked out of college, I needed a job, and I was, you know, I was broke, so I was going through Craigslist every day in the gigs section looking for medical testing on drugs and I applied for so many of them just you know and you know uh, Xanax ecstasy weed any, anything that was and they would call me up they would call me up and they'd feel and they'd give me an interview on how to on what you know how, how often I've done it if and everything else they never selected me though and it's like you know 1600 bucks come in well what was wrong with you did they ever tell you what they never they would never tell you what's what they were actually looking for it really annoyed me. I wish, wish that would have worked out all those years ago. Yeah, it would have been great for you now. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, I got an email from Pitak saying sorry about the other day. He just had a chance to go back and listen to everything. And he didn't know that Johnny was doing food. And he had said this. He had told Chris on Friday. I never got his email. And as of 11 o'clock, he hadn't hold, heard from you. Because I didn't get day. the email, Pit Doc. I always respond to his emails right away. You haven't gotten a hold of Jerry Barker yet. You haven't. So I was a lot of Temple was in. Yeah, well, she's gone now. Um, you still haven't gone back to Armin White. That's become a problem. That's getting smoothed over. Nobody worry. We're all a little worried right now. Maybe your blood isn't flowing correctly. I think my blood's flowing pretty well. I hope so. I feel good. I got the, went to the dentist yesterday, filled my head full of Novocaine. That was kind of fun. They say I need a root canal, which I can't imagine could feel good. Never had one before. Why don't you start trying to make some extra cash at that uh, Gurian website where people will give you money to watch you hit yourself in the foot or something. I don't know what exactly it was. I'm going to offer you $300 to come in on robbery. <laughs> I'm going viral, dude. I saw something where some guy down in like Fairfax, Virginia, uh, he was told that he was in the CIA and they were testing robbing banks. He was running around robbing banks for these people. Oh, there's also a great picture of Pauline Gretzky under Pauline Gretzky Loves Her Body. This girl is 100% into herself. Pauline Gretzky. And she also has what could be known as a natural separation of the ass. That um, that also comes out. It's, it's called a gap, too. She's got the gap. Where it's the gap between the... The ass and the thighs, so that you can see a nice gap like this shape, like a diamond shape almost. Like a spade? Yeah, like a spade. There you go. So she has the spade because it's like each leg works on its own to have an ass cheek rather than coming together into a torso. There's ball bearings, actually, on her hips and each <laughs> ass cheek and leg. She's like a G.I. Joe. I love it. This week, we will be premiering the Alan Alda Unmasked. Special guest, uh, Alan Alda from MASH. And that will be playing this week on the Rod and Fez show. Plus, of course, airing on Raw Dog Saturday night, 8 p.m. in the East. And more replays Sunday right here on this channel. That's Unmasked with special guest, Alan Alda. Well, his blood flow sounds fine to me. Sounds perfect. Uh, you had the piece up about the gay NBA player's fiance didn't know that he was gay. Yeah, she's uh, Jason Collins, the gay uh, NBA player. He was apparently dating a WNBA player called Carolyn Moose for eight years. And she said she had no idea, totally blindsided, by this guy coming out as gay. I'm not one to fall into conspiracy theories, but this guy isn't gay. 
he's just maybe someone got in his ear and said, hey, listen, dude, if you come out, because look, he's been in the NBA 12 years. Sure, he's been in the NBA, but he's not like an NBA star. You want to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Say you're gay. Has anyone looked into if this guy is sleeping with other men? I, I don't know. Does he have to put his mouth around somebody to prove it? I don't know, but I think I think that it, you, it could be said that he, this might be just a marketing ploy. If a woman he dated for eight years had no idea, he I was don't gay. think this is a gay for pay. This it's is, called the down low. I know it's a down low, but for eight years, this woman had no idea. Hey, in eight years, uh, did he marry you? No. They, well, they were engaged. Did you move in together? They were engaged. Engaged. What fucking year is this? 1800s? Play <laughs> people still get engaged. Well, they do. I don't know that. <laughs> I thought that's, that's not in the 1800s. <laughs> uh, it's Jerry Barker. Hey, buddies. How hey. are you? What's up with you? What's up with me? I, uh, I, I, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts, and I, I thought it was pretty odd from a few perspectives that uh, how ESPN sort of handled it, or at least how Outside the Lines and Chris Broussard and ESP, or an NBA insider for ESPN handled uh, Jason Collins coming out. And, uh, you know, they were late on the story for the first half of the day because it wasn't their story, and so they kind of ignored it till the afternoon um, while CNN and news networks were covering it, and they bring on Broussard on Outside the Lines, which is a reputable journalistic show, mm -hmm. and um, he goes on to basically say that, you know, homosexuality is whether, as uh, well as the laundry list of other sins out there, that you're not a Christian if you're an unrepentant sinner. And I just found it from a journalistic perspective I thought it was relatively ridiculous that he put this view out there. Now, he's put it out there before, uh, three or four years ago, but just kind of, I thought it was ridiculous from ESPN's sake to do this. And then when you look at them, I just think it's a sort of a complete double standard that Rob Parker he calls RG3 a cornball brother mm -hmm. and a sellout, and he gets suspended. And Bill Simmons tweets out about how when Richard Sherman got into it with Skip Bayless that everybody lost. ESPN and athletes lost that day, and he got suspended from Twitter. But Broussard, who's got an inside track to Maverick Carter and, you know, Bron Bron, which is a huge ESPN storyline, gets a press release. That's it. Nothing. Nothing. What? I just think it's a huge double standard. I think it's fine that he says what he says. I don't have, you know, I'm, I am... You agree. Speech. I don't know about that. I actually completely disagree, but uh, you know that's not my interpretation of you know of the Bible. But um, I just think he, uh, you know, I I think it's ridiculous. I think what ESPN it's a complete double standard for a guy like we like Broussard. We, nothing's going to happen to him, but he's basically saying that somebody he covers, you know, he he doesn't have a certain respect for them. If you go back and read what he wrote in 2009, he talks about having, he played pickup ball in, in New York City with L.Z. Granderson, the, the out uh, ESPN magazine writer, and how it's cool, and we hug, and basically, but his summation of that is basically, let's agree to disagree, but not be disagreeable. And as long as I'm okay, you know, as long as he's okay with knowing that I think 
he's a sinner and I think he should change his lifestyle, that he needs to change his lifestyle. If he's cool with that, then we'll be cool. And I just don't, Ronnie B., I don't get that. I don't get that line of thinking. Well, you I don't, don't think you, it's accepting. So you think that everybody should accept everybody else? I think in this case, why does it hurt to be accepting? I think, you know, doesn't that book, the same book that he's pulling his teaching from, that he's saying, staying so true to, doesn't it give this just judge lest ye be judged and the golden rule about loving one another? And so, like well, you're a Catholic. Are the Catholic Church going to marry gay people? No, and and I I don't nec- I don't agree with that. I don't agree with a lot of things that are Catholic, and I am a Catholic, and I'll stay a Catholic. And I don't think the politics or man-made rules about the Catholic Church can keep me from being a Catholic. Right. Um, so I mean, that's one opinion, and the other opinion is to be a Catholic, you have to follow the rules. This guy's church says I don't know. There's something wrong with being gay. Now he. This thing has already rolled over him and people who think like him. It's just, it's never going to roll back again. Um, whether or not, however, you know, this gay basketball player does. But I, I also, I don't think that we need to slam down on everybody every time they say something that we disagree with. Well, and I agree with you. I think he's, I, I believe in his right to express those views and have those views. Uh, and Chris Broussard is a good reporter. He is a, a legitimate good reporter, whereas, you know, if you look at the case, Rob Parker didn't have a lot of added value from a journalistic ability for ESPN. So when he wasn't renewed and his contract wasn't renewed, you, you know, there's merit to that. I think part of the issue, though, for By the me way, I thought the thing that Rob Parker said made total sense to me as well, and it should, it should be discussed. Yes, but here's that's where my that's the heart of my issue with this is the phoniness of ESPN. Is you knew it, when they when the producers scheduled Broussard on that show, they knew what they were getting. They were going to get in on the sizzle of a story they were behind on as a network, just like they went after Syracuse after they were days behind on Penn State. I journalistically, I think it's it's laughable what they're doing, and and they you know it's completely inconsistent. Um, yeah, I, but there is, don't you think there's also a thing that stars always get away with more than fucking day players? Well, well, Bill Simmons, they had to slap him on the wrist, and there's kind of no bigger or brighter star uh, there. And, they, and, I, and I think that was a move to kind of, hey, we have, to, we have to keep him in place because he might be an actual guy that could become bigger than us. Um, yeah, sooner or later he'll leave there like everybody leaves the SPN, though. So, but I, you know, I don't know. I just find it from a, you know, you can't. You're entertaining, and you're, and you're looking to. It's whole this whole embrace debate thing that ESPN, and it's all entertainment. It's right. not. It's not sports. It's not journalism. Um, no, I don't think. I think it's you know marketing. Uh, there's very few shows I think that are straight journalism. But again, if the guy's saying this is my religion and this is our beliefs. Um, do we really have a, a beef with people saying that? Do they have to keep their religion to themselves? Um, now that that brings from a in, I think that there's a, a bigger discussion here is that you know journalism, you know, and, and journalists 
like to present themselves as I'm an, an objective storyteller. I'm a I'm a dispassionate storyteller of passionate stories. If this was the 1940s, I would agree with you. But you know, journalism today is almost all commentary. Well, uh, that, and that and that's the that is and that's I agree with. But I I think if you ask if you go in newsrooms today. I think they want to uphold this idea that they are objective, and I think it's completely false. And I think, I don't have an issue with Broussard saying it, but I think he's now, I mean, he identified himself as that before, but I think people have views that definitely inform how they report and cover things. And I don't think, see, I think you're obviously a discerning consumer of news. But I don't think most of the public is. So they don't realize it, and they just take it as truth because their granddad said that if it was in a black-and-white paper, it must be truth. But your point is, oh, man, you were smart, but other people aren't. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be careful with that kind of thinking as well. You know, like, uh, why don't we help them because they don't know exactly how to watch the news. Uh, Here's Rob in... Well, let's go over to... Jim first. Jim in Alabama, you're on Running Fest. Hey, Ronnie, you just kind of just touched on it a little bit. Yeah. When when Tim Tebow came out and uh, or not just came out, but just said I'm a Christian, he, he was came out by everybody said, "Loves it." You know, keep it to yourself. And then his basketball player comes out, and the news is like, "Oh, tell me more." You know, what did you come out? What's the backstory? I, and now you're a hero. I I will tell you the truth, Jim. I never the, Tebow was a bra- embraced by just about every newspaper in this country, and certainly by ESPN. Uh, no one has had less fucking skills and gotten more accolades than the guy. ESPN, their people on air were told to bring up Tebow as much as you possibly can. And when Tebow finally says that he's gay, they're going to really love him. Because <laughs> um, we know he is. First gay in the Canadian Football League as a backup. <laughs> Back up tight end. So you don't have to be dirty to be funny. Um, Chris, you're on the Run and Fence show. Hey, Run a Million Bucks. Yeah. So uh, I read an article yesterday that basically was talking about how ESPN kind of like knowingly put Broussard on the air to talk about his religious views so that kind of the mainstream media across the country, now instead of talking about this NBA player coming out, which is definitely a huge deal, is now talking about an ESPN reporter and his views on it. I don't really know if it's all that big of a deal. Um, I saw the round mound of rebound last night saying, look, we all played with gay players before. Yeah. They just yeah, weren't out. Um, those, I mean, all you got to do is look at the shorts from the 70s and 80s. And who would have worn that but gay players? Hey, uh, Jerry, did you see the last 30 for 30 with the Marino thing, the Marino yeah. draft? Mm-hmm. Did you see the shorts that he was fucking wearing? <laughs> it was it is, so, seriously, it looked like Magic Mike. I was oh. fucking cracking up. <laughs> um, the other part of that that I love is, like, they kept uh, fucking passing him over, passing him over. And then his agent said, Marino became physically ill and then ran up the stairs and into his bedroom. I think it was when the Steelers passed on him. Yeah. It was crazy. They're basically saying he's crying and having a panic attack and ran upstairs. Yeah. I thought that 30 for 30 was great. One of the best ones. I was surprised 
that it ranked. It was their. They've done forty of those films, and granted, it didn't have a good lead in, but it was the twenty fifth highest rated. So it's in the lower half. But I thought it was really well. A great it's not football season, you know, mm-hmm. and the draft was kind of going on at the time. But I think that you really need that many years before you can look back and say, "Hey, what happened in that draft?" <laughs> I I don't sit around and listen to people at all this year saying whether this was a good draft or whether it worked because you really don't know the amount of guys I think was was it five or six quarterbacks that went before him. Uh, it was four quarterbacks that it was five quarterbacks that went before him right because Blackledge at CF Elway. Uh, Eason, Blackledge, Ken O'Brien, Jim Kelly went to the Bills. So it was five quarterbacks that went before him, six in the first round. And, uh, you know, all of them went to a Super Bowl except Blackledge and Ken O'Brien, which is pretty interesting. So uh, Marino was just crushed. and But then when they showed him with these tiny fucking shorts on, oh, man. fucking throwing a football was the funniest shit I ever saw in my life. I don't know what men were thinking back then. <laughs> um, here's uh, Snow. You're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, how are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm trying to hit a couple topics. One thing is, I don't think it's a kind. It's a pretty big deal, but it'd be a bigger deal if this guy was at the beginning of his career and not really towards the end of it. Where he's free agent now, he might not even pick up with another team. And I also want to call out Hicks on something if I can. Sure, please don't. Um, <laughs> don't, don't. Just stop. Just stop there. <laughs> we welcome it. You were saying that like, this article that came out supposedly some woman in the NBA, WNBA was dating this man. Yeah. At one point years ago, supposedly Elton John was dating Kiki D, and he certainly mm. turned out to be gay. So I don't know if that, I mean. Yeah, but this, this is a different date. situation. Sometimes gay people in public areas might date to keep up appearances. Yes, I understand too, so. that, but this is this is a different situation. This guy's coming out and getting on immediately the cover of Sports Illustrated. He's the first pro-American athlete to come out as gay. The only reason, though, is because Elton John doesn't play basketball, <laughs> or he would have been out in 76. <laughs> Say this, if, you, if you're not thinking that this could be a scam, then I don't know what to tell you. You're seeing false flags again. This is a false flag. Oh, okay. Flag. That the L. I can't say that word. But you know what I'm thinking. Um, the Axe wrote saying, uh, uh, in the movie, Temple dressed as a cowboy all the time. I hope she did that for your interview. Yep, she did. She was all dressed pretty much the way that you saw her in the movie. She's decked out. Yeah, it looked really great. We should dress as cowboys. We fucked up. It would have made her more comfortable. And then put a tight thing around her. <laughs> Jerry, you ever worry that your kids are going to turn autistic? Uh, absolutely. I, you know, I think we're we're beyond that point now. But uh, definitely. How old's your youngest? Two and a half. No, you're still uh, in the you're still in yeah. the danger zone. But definitely, it's definitely something to think about. And every time you see him staring out the window, you want to scream. <laughs> Interact <Right> with me. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, no. I think I think it's a concern, especially uh, you know, and the thing she pointed to with the what kids have to go through. And I have a, a little cousin who is on the spectrum, and what my his mom has to go through to get him services in the schools, and how it's related to. And uh, it's, I mean, it is a haul. 
it is a hall. It is a, a mountain to climb, a bureaucratic mountain to climb to get kids an education, you know, a real education. Tell me about it. I was in the spectrum. I saw Aerosmith. <laughs> Sick. And then next night, the Flyers. <laughs> did they win? Yeah, they did win. All right, good. Let me tell you, when a team beats Russia, the only thing you do is say, bring on Mars. Bring on Mars. Where's that 30 for 30? The The miracle? Yeah, the Bertie Perrant story. The real miracle. The fucking uh, Broadway. What is it, Fess? Saturdays on this channel on Sirius XM. It's the Davy Mac Sports Program at oh, 7 p.m. in the East, co-hosted by Christopher Williams Stanley. That's Saturday night <laughs> right here on Sirius XM. That was the nuttiest yet. <laughs> the CWS. That was the nuttiest yet. <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> This Jason Collins did you know, I just found out today that Jason Siegel was his backup center in high school. I heard that Jonathan Livington Siegel was his backup. He's got to make that turn. Yeah. That was the thing. That was a big thing with Jonathan Livington Siegel. He, could make the, he had to make the turn. Once he did, he was a huge pro prospect. All right, Jerry. Well, I don't know. Did you come out anti-gay or anti-Catholic? I couldn't tell. I'm a liberal Catholic, man. I disagree. You know, I got a thing going on at my own parish now with a with a priest that has been passed on to us that was allowed to go to youth things. Just broke in the paper. Really? Oh, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. The youth ministers believe this guy was. Uh, they were good friends with him, so they believed he wasn't guilty, even though he signed a order with the Bergen County Prosecutor's Office that he couldn't do any youth ministry. But he came down here. Uh, to Monmouth County, New Jersey, and was somehow able to go on retreats with teenage kids. Oh, jeez. Just how he likes them. You know what you ought to do? You ought to dress up in short pants and go over there and tell him that you're a kid. Wait for him to make his move and start swinging on him. <laughs> Get a GoPro camera and put it to your forehead. So that <laughs> you put catch it on your balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different kind of video, though, right? Right, but the important thing is it's gonna, we're going to go undercover. That's Deep right. undercover. Catch a predator, baby. Yeah. All right, pal. Thanks. Peace. I'll talk to you guys. Bye, Jerry. Jerry has big troubles with that ESPN. He beefs with them hard. I didn't think we were ever going to have to do this, but we're going to have to okay the plugs that Fez is doing. <laughs> what was wrong with that last one? It was insane. <laughs> I think he wants to be an announcer guy, you know. Maybe he needs some music or something. Yeah. Some creativity. I just feel crazy about here. Um, I don't think we're going to say who our, our special guest coming up is, are we? Not yet. I want to wait till um, I see them sign in. Oh, jeez. Just, you know, I, I've been in contact with them, but still. I'm so pissed. Uh, should have brought up to Jerry that they are making Joe Frazier's gym a national landmark. Nice. Which is weird in a place that actually has Independent Hall and the Liberty Bell. That's not important. Betsy Ross's house. So? This is Joe Frazier, baby. Yeah. Smoking Joe. 
Uh, Brian, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, got a quick uh, little, little not bone to pick with you, but a little something that kind of got lost in the mix there when you were talking about the chick that was engaged to the uh, the now gay basketball player. You said uh, about him, Ron, what, what do we need to see him with something in his mouth? Well, that's what you've been saying about Fez forever. And while I agree, agree with you, and I don't necessarily think Fez is gay, you are kind of applying the same standard in kind of a different way, don't you think? Oh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I win? <laughs> You win. You know what? You win the pride of saying that I will bust balls in any which direction. Good, good uh, on you, as you should. Thanks, man. Peace. Although, on Fez's last day, pre-announcer, he admitted that he wasn't gay. Yeah, and like in the middle of like a long uh, soliloquy, I guess you could say, and he's just like, yeah, I'm not gay. I was surprising. Yeah, I was surprised, too. I was kind of almost like blown away. Uh, Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yes, I just wanted to know if uh, Fez is going to be jumping in in the middle of RBIs and unmasks and all that with all of his promos. I like to get him on that Davey Mac sports program, don't some of them? <laughs> we, we just went to a new place of crazy that last one. The 7 p.m. Saturday. Yeah, that one broke me. I've been just trying to ride it out yeah. so far, but that one just got to me. Like a kidney punch. Oh. Um, how many times have we broke yet today? Just once. It's one thirty. Did we ever come back with Karma Police? We never came back with Karma Police, no. Oh, let's do it then. Let's break and do Karma Police and... See whether or not we're going to have that other guest. All right. Exciting. Oh, coming up, uh, you wanted to talk about the Muppet Show and some of the great musical acts over the years. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. It's the Run and Fest Show. You're enjoying the Run and Fest Show on Sirius XM's Opie and Anthony channel. More in moments. This is what you 
This is what you'll get when you mess with us. What a band. Playlist today. Artists of the day. Radiohead. Their heads are like radios. Or their radios are like heads. Not literally. They literally. Have, they have human heads. With flesh. I don't know. Whatever makes up an eyeball. Eye gunk. Because <laughs> it ain't meat. There ain't no meat in your eye, right? Uh, it's a gelatinous thing. Nasty. <laughs> Nasty. It's, it's then get rid of yours if you don't like them. No, 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 no. I like the you know what they're doing for me. But I just look out of those sockets and see how fucking happy you are. <laughs> that means like taking just like, balling up some Jello and then just all right. That's an input. That ain't no input, buddy. That's just Jello. When I was uh, in seventh fucking grade, I think it was seventh grade. It was like your. Uh, your first time to the big school, the middle school, the junior high school. So, this kid's wearing a fucking eye patch. I don't even know the kid, right? Yeah. And we get a substitute. And she starts saying, take the eye patch off. Thinking that he was acting like a fucking pirate. So, he's like, no, I have to wear this eye patch. And she's like, take it off. So, I'm like... Yeah, I know he's wearing a fucking eye patch. What's the whole deal? Finally, she fucking yells at him. She goes over. She yanks the eye patch off him. And he just has a socket. There's oh. nothing even there. Oh, It's like skin. Nasty. He jumps up. Because everybody basically was as rude as you were. 
and he goes running out of the place crying out of his one eye, right? He's fucking flying down the hall. Immediately, everyone starts to scream at this old lady, you fucking cunt, you witch, you're fucking garbage, right? She's freaked out. She feels bad about herself, but we're fucking relentless. You know, just screaming, try to fucking, I wish I had a fucking socket eye. I'd fucking be killing you right now. <laughs> so it really fucked with the kid. <laughs> Next day, he's not there. Day after that, he's not there. Third day, he shows up. No eye patch. No fake eye. Just fuck you guys. I wear a socket now. Oh, that kid and he just stayed, Yeah, he just stayed socket eye for the rest of the year. Socket eye? Did you yeah. hang out with him at all? Or with the, the fuck no. I was hanging out with some cool people. <laughs> well, both <no>. eyes. <laughs> I don't know, with guys that had fucking eyes like fucking Paul Newman. <laughs> the only way I would choose my friends is by their eyes. <laughs> Still, socket eye. It showed, gum it showed gumption to show up there without the... Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, he was straight limbwood. <laughs> but I knew somebody in his family, like even as a kid, I knew somebody had to say, look, they've already seen your socket eye, so get in there and fuck, you know, be proud of it. It's smart. Hmm. I thought the eye patch was fucking the way to go. It's bad. At, it's 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 cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, even though, like, maybe like a gimmick glass eye too. Like. Yeah, but I I think the fact that because I don't know his whole fucking scene. You know what I mean? Like maybe the glass eye was going to come later in life. Okay. I had a friend with a glass eye. He got it blown out. Let's just say. Was some fireworks that were sold. So the glass eye shattered or just fell out? Fell no, it's real eye. So it was All real right. eye got fucking blown. Well, here's what the thing is. Back then it was like, you know, when you're a little kid, you're dealing fucking fireworks. Mm -hmm. So somebody in my family, I can't remember who, was selling fucking fireworks. Yeah. He puts firework in a fish, lights it, right? And I watch a fish's fucking head blow off. The fish fucking flops up in the air, and the thing blows up, fucking up his eye. Oh, my God. So it's fish guts and explosions? I don't know all that part of it. I just know his eye got put out. Nasty. I didn't worry about the fish. The way I see it, the fish would be dead by now anyway. I can't sit around, you know what I mean? I'm not going to be like fucking Temple Grandland trying to come up with a better goddamn way of killing fish. We just have to get them in an enclosed space, and that'll make the fish more comfortable. <laughs> and then put a firecracker in their gill. <laughs> well, you were bringing up this stupid thing about the Muppet Show. I'm going to admit something to you right now. Yeah. I've never seen the Muppet Show in my life. Ever? I saw the Muppet movie. Yeah. Never the Muppet Show. I don't like puppets. Oh, I don't fun. find them to be entertaining. They're fun. All these puppets are part of the Muppet universe, they're amazing. Well, the thing is, I feel like it's fucking bullshit, because if those people stood up and started talking, you wouldn't think they were so funny. Oh, definitely not. That's why that they make the puppet. They build this world with this fancy felt puppet. Now, Foggy Otis, your brother in the weed, Bro -duck. sent this in, because he's a big Muppet fan. Oh, yeah. And this is the Muppets. And I wasn't even aware of this. They have big musical guests with them, like was, real people. It was like a variety of humans, not non-puppets. So why, like, I see Steve Martin. <laughs> why wouldn't they have a Steve Martin puppet? 
You didn't say real people go on the fucking Flintstones or the Jetsons. No, see, that's what that's this what the medium of the puppet show lends itself to. It's like this is something for the parents, and this was a primetime show. So, like, if it was just the kids are watching, oh wait, Steve Martin's there. Plus, they don't want to, you know, go into making a whole new puppet for every time they have a guest star. Why not? How fucking hard is it to do? It's felt. I think it's pretty hard. They have to design it and color it. I've never made a puppet before. I guarantee you I can make a Steve Martin puppet within two hours. <laughs> we got to get some, uh, ing- and say ingredients in here to make a puppet. Yeah, get some puppet ingredients. <laughs> that would be st- stapler and some carpet. <laughs> Seems easy enough. <laughs> Kid will love it. Oh, it's a googly eyes. You need googly eyes. Um, I right, see. So he got Steve Martin. What did he play? Uh, doing banjos with of course. Muppets. Enough Muppets. of the doing banjos. It's for children. They, they children don't realize how how many times how hack it is. Let's they, face it. That's the fucking smoke on the water of banjo songs. They still, they still enjoy it. Why, though? Why can't they just drop it? Because they know who their audience is. Children don't know anything. They're just stupid. Now their brains aren't filled with anything. Uh, here's the thing. The Muppets never even tried to teach you, right? Uh, like Sesame Street tried to teach you things. Yeah, those Muppets, those pup or puppets tr- uh, t- taught you. And there's no crossover between the Muppets and the Sesame Streets. Not that I know of. I don't think they ever hung out together. I wish I was doing this with Foggy Otis. He seems to know a lot more. I just, I don't know if they crossed over. Of course, I'm, you know, it's almost two o'clock and I'm sure he's baked. <laughs> um, Brad, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. I, I think the Muppet Show became so popular because the writing was so well done and it was filmed in England. So you had so much of the comedic writers that were British based. But the British humor, I think it carried over into the U.S. very well. And I think the filming also made it a great show. It just wasn't a bunch of puppets flopping around. It actually had some good writing. Well, what's good writing? The fucking stuff about the the frog making out with a pig? Yeah. Why not? I, I, I'm i just not all that familiar with it. I don't know. All I saw was the movie, and the only thing I liked about it was the Paul Williams songs. And then I was like, I wish they would just have Paul Williams come out and sing this. But see, well, on the TV Jim show. Who? Uh, with Jim Henson, the whole the idea of that, I'm sure it was very psychedelic with plenty of dope being smoked while it was being written. He never but, smoked dope in his life. Jim Henson was fucking straight edge. He uh, used to have this uh, townhouse. He was a very wealthy guy. I think on the Upper West Side or was it the Upper East Side? But... He was one of those guys, like myself, that tries to fight off an illness, and he got some kind of a flu that if he would have went to the hospital early on, he would have been fine. Oh, no. And by the time he got there, he was he died. And people were crushed. People in the industry were crushed when that man died. I don't know anyone who's ever said a bad word about Jim Henson who ever met him. I remember my parents. I remember when he died because my parents were like, I Crying? Can't. But they were messed up. They were like, oh, my God, I can't believe that nice man Jim Henson died. Everybody loved him. And, like, whenever I read stuff about him, people will be like, nicest person I ever met was Jim Henson. What? He was just a really good dude. And he was kind of like, you know, look at the size of the mansion that he owned in New York City. Oh, it's on 69th Street. 69th and what? 
Let's see the exact address. 117. Between Park and Lex. Z Cider. That's my neighborhood. I'm going to go over there and lay a reef out tonight. And I'm just going to write, even though I never watched your show, I did like those Paul Williams songs. Or maybe you could even like throw a brick through the window and see if there's any old puppets we, you know, we can steal. I don't want to do that. I will write, if there's a puppet heaven. I know you're puppeting around up there. You're a puppeteer. All right, so these are real rock stars that went on the show. Yeah. Who else went on? Alice Cooper. Betting out school's out. Right, let me see some of that. All right, here we go. Oh, this is ridiculous. Why are we talking? It's great. Because those aren't even puppets. They got feet. Well, sometimes they'll go, like, big-time puppets. There's Alice. Why are you acting like this is rocking your world? This is this is this is the best. Right, bring it down. Um, here is uh, Jasper in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> You're on the Ronnie Fez show. No, hey Ronnie, it's Jafter. How you doing, buddy? Oh, does anybody remember Jafter? Hey, buddy, how you guys doing? It's great to hear from you, dude. Yeah, man, I'm down in Myrtle Beach now, so. Still loving it, huh? Yeah, it's doing good. Playing a little golf, you know, getting out in the sun, so it's good. Well, you're living like eastbound and down. <laughs> yeah, that was filmed at it. Yeah, he's crazy nut. But yeah, I remember watching him up at show as a kid, you know, and watching all these people. Johnny Cash, Elton John, all these great people. You, I, was, I just pulled you up were, a list of amazing people that were on there. You were uh, crazy about the show as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, what was I, about 10 years old when that yeah. show came on? So that was, like, perfect. You know, and then, I mean, looking at some of these people that were on that, Buddy Rich, Beverly Sills, I mean, that was pretty big names. You know, I wonder then. why kids love a puppet so much. Well, growing up with Sesame Street, it was a automatic thing. They yeah, but, you know, your teacher day. doesn't take a puppet to school. Cartoon in real life. It's an animated object. It's not, right. but, you know, not animation. But that's even another thing. Why do kids like cartoons? Why do kids like the craziest shit? Bright colors. I would say I think that, that you're right. At the very beginning, it would be bright colors and ridiculous situations. You know, like you're almost as stupid as you can get where something shiny makes you happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I see green and yellow. <laughs> and the beauty of like even like the Muppets or even you're talking about cartoons like Bugs. They were written on two levels. They were written for kids to laugh at, but adults could get all the humor. Oh, you know? so they did extra jokes for the adults. Yeah, so, you know, that was great, too, you know? All right, Jasper, it's great to hear from you, all man. Buddy. Good to see you. Say hey to Fezzi for me. I will do that. Take care right. of yourself, my all friend. Right. All right, bye-bye. Does anybody remember Jaffsta? Um, here's Kevin in New Hampshire. You're on the Run of show. Hey, Ron B. Uh, there was a couple of really great uh, season one and season two episodes. One was Vincent Price hosted, and they did a lot of gothic stuff, and it was just really cool. And another one, probably the most famous one that I can recall, is Buddy Rich, the jazz drummer, doing a drum uh, battle with Animal. And it was probably one of the coolest things they ever had on TV in the 70s. All right, let me see. 
Look it up on YouTube. It's awesome. Well, we Look got it, it on I the can... iBang. We we collect them all on the iBang right now. If you go over to the interrobang.com. All right, let's see this. Gentlemen, Mr. Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich, all right. And Animal. Mm. Who was your favorite puppet? Oh, Kermit was the best. What was so good about Kermit? Oh, he like kind of ran things. He was. Like, I always felt like he was the boss of the puppets. Right, so you like a you like a ringmaster? Yeah. Well, you know more about this uh, thing than anybody I ever met before, but I've never really have had the chance to talk to Foggy Otis about it one on one. It was HTG. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Chris. Hi. I was a huge Muppet Show fan, and I think maybe I can illuminate a little bit about why. In a way that Chris can't, Stanley can't? Oh, I'm done. I'm, I'm bringing it. Am I illuminated? No. <laughs> Look, I used to, first of all, I used to watch with my mom. I think it was on Monday nights or Sunday nights. I used to watch it once a week with my mom, and it was like something we could sort of have in common, which was really cool. And I, I don't know, seeing having all these guests on of these kind of older-timer um, performers felt like, I, I felt smarter from it. And really? And I think the reason people, um, people like Muppets is because you don't have any, like, preconceived notions. They can put in issues, it's kind of like sci-fi, they can put in issues of, like, race and inequality and things like that, but you're, you're looking at pigs and frogs instead of black and white, and so you can kind of really look at it for what it is, not all your prejudices that you already have. Uh, maybe I don't have the amount of prejudice you have. My best friend, Earl, is black. <laughs> and a puppet. Yeah, I mean, He's you know, a what? People get, puppet. People get so defensive when issues are brought up, and I think this, you know, like like when it's puppets or Muppets, it lets your guard down. Now, you just said puppets or Muppets. Yeah. What's the difference? Well, I know Jim Henson wanted to say, you know, what I'm doing here is something different than but just it wasn't. Puppet. It really well, wasn't. First, first of all, they had feet, like you said. Not all of them. No, not all of them, but a lot of them. But you know, sooner or later, most of them ended up with feet, even if it was only in the movies. Um, but you know, you have these giant monsters. There's this Sweetums guy you'd lumber around. They were just they, they were also he just wanted I think to mark his own creation as being not what you already knew about. Something mm. new. All and right. Kermit by the way Kermit by the way went between both shows. He was the only one. Uh oh Kermit went back and forth. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. And you keep calling them puppets when the actual name is Muppet. Muppet and Puppet. Well, there were no puppets in the Muppet Show. Am I correct in that? Oh no, yeah, that, but the Muppet Show was totally just Muppets. Well, then why are you saying puppets? And who's your favorite puppet? Oh, Big Bird. 
You fucking. You're just saying the Big Bird isn't a puppet. It's a Muppet. First of all, animal best. There's hands down, animal wins. What do you get about this, Chris? They're not puppets. They're Muppets. So they were mu they were technically Muppets on Sesame Street as well. Yes. Oh well, then yeah. I'm a silly, silly man. And I've been thinking... But he's been doing a great job now cursing. <laughs> Seriously, you've been phenomenal. <laughs> I've been missing forward my entire life. I thought Sesame Street, Puppet, Muppet Show, Muppet. Let's get something straight. If you go to the iBang viral page you today, you can check out... The Iron Man 3 trailer on a tie budget. This is a must-see. You don't need a lot of million-dollar CGI effects for a big summer movie. That's on the iBang Viral page. It, it really is live reading now, right? Oh, we're in the live read, essential. Join the club, and you'll never run out of ties. It's a dollar a month for ties. Wow, well, they're good-looking ties. Yeah, they are good-looking ties. Don't go broke buying ties. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so Fez, uh, I mean, Chris, yeah. you've been shot down today. Yeah, I know. Like I, I, never before. Stupid. That was a stupid mistake. <laughs> Ooh. All right, HTJ. All right. Base. Hi guys. Um, we need to break not right now, right? No, we yeah, a few minutes, a little bit. Are we gonna bring our guest in first? <laughs> yeah, we could bring the guest in first before we go. Uh, Jack in DC, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie, hold on, I gotta gently lay down my slice of Santucci's pizza. Dude, I'm fucking starving, dude. Dude, uh, South Philly, Ninth and 10th and Christian Streets, myself. I feel like Kevin, I seriously, I feel like I'm Kathleen from the Bronx, run over, pick that up, put it on her lap, and bring it all the way up here. Mm. Why it's still burning her legs. Make sure she goes across the street to East Grove and gets you something from the bakery, too. Yeah, sure. Hey, um, all this talk of Muppets bring me, brings me back to Blissett's uh, uh, Fire laid down, one of the funniest jokes ever, talking about when Elmo was, uh, I think it was a better headline. She said that, uh, show us on the kid where the Muppet touched you. Oh, yeah. That was fucking funny. That's when she moved into legendary status. She catapulted her in there. Yeah, it did. All right, thanks. Well, Fez went down to pick up our guest, but the... And you've got his song ready? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it right here. Um... So, I guess to fill people in who don't remember him, because he hasn't been on the show in years, right? Long time, yeah. Since we've been here, easily. We did a thing of uh, people run met in the park, and it was AJ Dynamite. He was the first one, first person. And last. I refused after that. He's become such a hassle <laughs> that I refused to meet other people in the park. Uh, all this uh, Muppet stuff is... Uh, up on the iBang today. Hey, Ron, in Toronto, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ronnie B. How's it going? Good. I uh, just wanted to uh, let you know, saw a great documentary last night about Muscle Shoals and the two uh, 
the two recording studios I got down there that just turned out hit after hit after hit. What uh, is the name of this documentary? It is called Muscle Shoals. I didn't catch the name of the director, but uh, they have a huge documentary film festival going on down here right now. And I'm seeing probably like 20. And that's the best? Oh, uh, it's... It was it was very good. the uh, The director wasn't there. Directors are most at some of these documentaries, but he couldn't make it for this one. But they just went into. Uh, I think his name was Rick Hall. He was the one who founded Fame Records, and just it, it starts at his beginning. I wish it was Rich Hall who found the Sniglets. <laughs> and uh, it uh, it just goes into the history of all the hits that were made out of there. They got oh, like Ed yeah. James. They got uh, Aretha Franklin. Yeah, uh, so many great people came out of there. When you find out when it's, you know, got a deal or whatever, or the guy's coming to New York, I'd love to check it out. I appreciate well, you going with that. Muscle Shoals, Chris. Let's keep an eye on it. Muscle Shoals. Muscle Shoals, Joe. All right. Let's do it. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Uh, you got a little time before work today? Yeah, well, I just got done with the, an interview at a cafe. Or at a cafe. Who did you interview? Uh, it was someplace in Queens, but it's close to here, like a train stop off. Oh, Queens. you mean like a job interview? Yeah, like a job interview, yeah. Because I still need to make more money. Um, what are you looking to be, like a barista? No, I'm just a counter person. And I don't know if I got it, because it's kind of ambiguous. Because she was like, alright, well, let's shoot for Friday then. I was just like, okay. So I think I got it? Yeah. Yeah, so... So I thought I'd just drop by because I'd be here. I can get you a barista job if you want, but it's like part time. Yeah, well, that's what I, uh, I'm looking what for. What time? What uh, is your? What, what do you call it? Times? Uh, usually I work nights. Between uh, I'll get here like five or six every night. Hmm. So you work that morning rush. Yeah, I work the morning rush. You get you, you sling you sling that coffee, dude. I sling right? the coffee, <laughs> man. Got yeah. So uh, yeah. So then I just came here afterwards because I'd be here anyways. Well, you're just about for people Ron met in the park, and AJ Dynamite. Is he ready to come in? Um, waiting for word from Fez. Final word from Fez. I believe Fez is with him, but I'm not, oh, okay. Can I, can I plug something really quick? Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm doing stand up on the 14th. Where at? Eastville. Eastville Comedy Club. Is that east of where? Of the Ville, I guess. Mm. I guess it's East Village. Now, um. He has a song he wants to come into, right? Yeah. Who Are You by The Who. It's AJ Dynamite is his name. And he is a he's a legendary performer. And here's his new theme song. Rocks. Dynamite too, dude. I woke up in a soho doorway of policeman find me. He said, You can't go to sleep at home tonight. You can get up and walk away. I stay 
Am I on the air now? You are on the air, my friend. Okay. AJ Dynamite is here, and the uh, he's brought his own poster that says presenting Little AJ Dynamite, the piano player, yeah, yeah. rock and roll. Yeah. Tell the cameraman to zoom in on it. Zoom in on this. Okay, you yeah. are dressed to the nines. Thank you very much. I'm, yeah. You know that I was I was uh, one of the um, with Jake and Elroy in you know, the Blues oh, Brothers. Oh, you were in the Blues Brothers. Yeah, no, but I was too young at that time. Right. Uh, uh, Ron and Fez. And so, you know, they couldn't, you know, I wasn't ready yet. But I grew up and, you know, I, with all due respects to my brother, Jake, who passed away. Yeah. You know, Elroy's still around, of course. He so was I'm, in here I'm, just a couple weeks ago. Is that cool? Yeah. Is it? That, that's good, bloke. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Good bloke. Yeah, I'm a good bloke. Yeah, yeah. Just right, like so, in the blues first, I, I start. Can I? I want to say a shout out to yeah. my grandma. Yeah. Okay. Out there, grandma. Uh, her name is Anatola Arishkin, the Diamondstein, uh, Silverstein, Spielvogel, Cohen. That, that, I, That's her. Uh, okay, right, beautiful. Okay, and also to. Uh, okay, and also. Yeah. All my fans out there. All your fans. You got a lot of fans. Yeah, I, 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 I d tell people that I was going to be on today. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's a lot of fans out. Uh, there's a lot of a, a, a lot of people mom, waiting. A, a yeah. Of, yeah, girls out there screaming yeah. their heads off. Yeah, people yeah. are crazy about yeah, you. Yeah, what's AJ? up with the security, man? Well, you know, you yeah. got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, AJ actually made it all the way up here past security, and yep. I've never known another Bro. person who could somehow you talked them in downstairs to giving you a not not even Justin Bieber could could do no, that. nobody no. would be able to pull it off. That's Got great. some notes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way, um, you know what? What's uh, uh what's um. What's worse than uh, uh, what's worse than having no testicles? What, what, what's that? What's worse than having no With testicles? Having no wiener. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm serious. If Anthony Wiener could make it, yeah. I can't. You know, I yeah, you can a, make it too. I deserve a second chance. You really do Come deserve on, a second clap. chance. Let's just clap on yeah, I'm gonna clap. Yeah, on. Like clap we, this Wiener deserves yeah. a chance. Yeah, yeah. AJ yeah. Dynamite, a right. uh, little AJ Dynamite. You're calling yourself Little AJ? No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like Little Richard. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Why you you brought the keyboard with you? Yeah, but and, first I just wanted. Yeah. I'm just so happy yeah. and excited to be here. Oh, everybody's you know so I mean? happy to have you here. Yeah, I like the new digs, you know? Yeah. It looks like something out of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Like, you know, like this is like, you know, like you're Captain Kirk. Right. Would, uh, Chris, wouldn't uh, Ron make a good Captain Kirk? Sure. Yeah. 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 I was about that. Yeah. Right. Maybe you guys should do that. Yeah, we're thinking about yeah, yeah. trying to get the franchise away. You know, get right. it for ourselves. Yeah, right. Uh, actually, you know, Jimmy Roselli from New Jersey sent me here. He yeah. said you got a, a an envelope you got to give him. Oh, gee, yeah. oh, there no, he goes. Don't even bring that up. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget can, about can you listen? Yeah. No okay, okay, good. So, uh, hey, can, am, am I downstream live? Can they see me, the audience? Yeah, the audience okay. can see you. All right, pretty good. I'm going to put on my, my, my glasses. Right. And I'm going to play a song because I know you. Great. Oh, yeah, I love to hear you. Love to hear you play. Yes, yeah, so. I met AJ in the park a couple years ago, and then saw him exactly at midnight as the New Year's came in. And you were saying Chris never gets back to you. Oh, I've been trying to get you. on here for yeah. forever. Right, right. I emailed, but then I, when I met him uh, downstairs uh, a couple weeks ago, he said his email doesn't work, even though I had his email address. So then uh. texting and calling, perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to tell you, Jennifer Lopez. She yeah. wanted. She wanted uh, to. She just called me like she half did. an hour ago. Yeah, and wow. I told what? her I can't. I have to. You know, I gotta. You know, I gotta be on the run. Oh, show. Well, you could have had her. Yeah, I know. I yeah. know. 
she says she's been waiting too long. Yeah, I yeah. understand. One but thing. that's okay. I had to be here. You know what I'm saying? Why well, I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, after I paid all the, I had to go through a, 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 a phalanx of bookies. I, uh, I, I had a, a loan sharks had to pay off. Right. Uh, yeah, you know the Tony, Gambling, you know, Angelo, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, you gonna do a little music for us, AJ? Little AJ, or you got uh, yeah, yeah, more yeah, stuff yeah, written yeah, down? Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Can't you tell? you can do both. I mean, you can play a little music and then go back to your notes. Okay, okay, okay. All right, Ron. It's great to see you. Okay, so it's great to be, I, here. You want me to hold your notebook for no, you? No, I gotta keep this. Yeah, because yeah. you know I'll steal those jokes. <laughs> that would be mine. Yeah. All right. All right. So now, yeah, okay, I'm ready. Okay. So go ahead, keep talking, man. Yeah, I know. We're just giving them a lot of Joe, you're. Uh, could you believe you'd ever have the chance to be on with? Little AJ Dynamite? No, no, but I've heard a lot of your things. Oh, I yeah, just had sure. to be here on the right He's day. a legend. He was one of the Blues Brothers. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, ready? Okay. It's a nice... Uh, All right. I got to put on... Is, is Julie here? Hey, Fred, how you doing? Is Julie here? No, just okay. you. Good. All right. That's good. Uh, <laughs> used to... Real quick. Uh, I'm looking for the lyrics. Yeah. You know, I'm a comedy writer. I want to know that. And I want people to know, right, that if they want to check out AJ Dynamite, he's yeah. on YouTube. Um, oh. Chris, you think you could download that now? Uh, YouTube, <laughs> AJ Dynamite right, doing sure. Elton John. Oh, sure. Uh, we'll yeah. look into that. Yeah. Are you going to do that Not here? Elton John doing AJ, okay? Oh, oh okay. Okay. Never. No. Yeah. Um, but, are you yeah. going to do an Elton John song now, or what no, are you going to do? No, I'm going to do. I'm going to do Carol King. Then. Uh, oh, I love yeah. Carol okay, King. Okay, sure. Right. Okay, no, this is a spoof. I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm sorry about yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, but it's anyway, a spoof. It's not about that. Yeah. Right, yeah. Exactly. No, no, no. All right. Okay. Ready? Beautiful. Okay, I got to put on the glasses first. Oh, yeah, right. oh yeah. Hey, can they see me? Yeah, they can yeah. see you now. Yeah, okay. Oh, Elton oh, John glasses. Hey. Yeah. I look like the rocket man. You do look like the rocket man. Elton John's real cool, you know. Yeah, he is cool. I think the 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 the, the thing is, is that uh, uh, it, it, that Yellow Brick Road album was one of the best. Oh, it was yeah. one of the best of all se time. Seminal, seminal. Oh right? yeah, double album. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah, so okay. ready. Okay, okay. Hold on. Oh, oh wait a minute. Oh no. I gotta put on the pedal. I'm yeah, you gotta get the pedal on there. That's sure. Cause um, it makes the it, it makes it go faster. Yeah, it does. Oh, no. He doesn't have all the things that he needs. Well, AJ yeah. Dynamite. Little AJ Dynamite is here. Back again. Yeah, back again. It's been a long time. Yeah, after, uh, back by popular demand. Yeah. People have really, you know, been saying over and over, when's AJ Dynamite coming in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to hear AJ. Yeah. One of the right things now. that I wanted to say to the audience, to the people in Radio Land out there, yeah. is that the Ron and Fred show does not tolerate uh, sexual harassment of That's the terms, and they have a zero tolerance policy, that is right? very, very <laughs> true. Yeah. Zero yeah. tolerance. No touching. No touching or even rubbing on. That's, you know. We've had that problem in the past. So I just want, and, and I want to thank uh, um, uh, 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 Eastside Dave yeah. for making, and, and Ron and Fez and yeah. uh, the whole staff, the lo lovely staff here. For making the uh, uh, AJ, you, uh, uh, you know, user friendly. You are user friendly. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, I got the plug. Yeah, okay. he's got the plug and he's ready to Perfect. go. And I'll get everything going the way we want. Everything's in the AJ, yeah. AJ Dynamite is here. Uh, all right. Now we got the plug in. We're okay, ready to right, go. Right, right, okay, okay. 
And if you like the song, I like every all my fans as much as you possibly yeah. can to send one dollar. That's it. That's it. Okay? a buck. So to help uh, uh, AJ become a millionaire. Yeah. 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 Have a million cause. people do it. You're that's on your right. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so mm -hmm. listen, Ron. What I wanted to tell you, right, yeah. is that when the, the the Ron and Fez band, uh, AJ is, is is out there in the street, and I want to be that Ron and Fez. Oh, that, I love band. that. Yeah. And he tells you, Chris, what yeah. is your favorite radio station? What do you say? Sirius XM. You just won one hundred thousand dollars. You say Ron <laughs> Fez, how much you get, Fez? One hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> okay. All right, that's pretty cool, right? It is cool. Okay. Right. Takes a while to get this. By the way, you know what? I would like to do for the yeah, show before. is I'd like to do a promotion. I'd like to be uh, the naked keyboard player. Oh, that'd be you know? great. Yeah, that would Times be, Square with a strap be, on keyboard. Yeah. You know, like oh, Edgar yeah. Winter did, yeah. Frankenstein. Like, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and just with a song. Mm -hmm. uh, man, that will be over the top, don't you think, guys? Yeah, Thank sure. You. Come on, yeah. give, give uh, me a hand for that. Yeah, give me a hand. <laughs> All right, let's gonna play that song I'm now. The sexiest man alive. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're gonna okay, play that ready? song. I'm yeah. ready now. All okay, right. let me see if it sustains. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Okay. You're there. Gee, it's not working so good, huh? No. Oh, got it. Okay, ready? Yeah. I'm ready now. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. Perfectly. Stayed in bed all morning just to masturbate <laughs> There's something wrong here, there can be no denial Now, I can get you pregnant Or maybe I just stop trying Cause it's too late, AJ, now it's too late Cause I'm 65 years old My excels are fried and they died and they're old I don't want, don't wanna get an abortion Oh, oh no no But it's too late, AJ, now it's too late Cause I'm 65 years old My excels are fried and they died and they're old I don't wanna get an abortion oh, oh. It's too late, AJ it's too late AJ It's too late AJ AJ How's that? How'd you like that? Yeah! That's little AJ Dynamite Are you still performing in the park? Are you still performing in Central Park? And 
doing crowd work up there, or what no, are you doing? Actually, because of being on this show and the, yeah. the publicity you gave me, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I uh, I got my own uh, reality show. Oh, you, know you what's do. What's the name of it? No, what is it's, it? I think it's on Oxygen Channel okay, or yeah. the Helium Channel. One of those, uh, the, yeah. Uh, carbon monoxide Lithium? channel. Yeah. I don't know, one of those uh -huh. channels. Uh, it's called. You know what's called? What's that? Who wants to get pregnant? Okay, so you're <laughs> it's another pregnant thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't yeah. wanna get an abortion. <laughs> So that song, it's like, yeah, it was like a little Carol King, but also a little AJ Dynamite. Yeah, right. That's right. Okay. He's just on fire today. I mean, we haven't seen him in, uh, well, okay. since we okay. came to this building. Check building. this out. This is, oh, Frank, yeah, another this one. is Frankie Valley. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. Nice, nice. Come on to the Jersey Boys. <laughs> Baby, trust in me when I say thank you very much. Woo! I know we even parodied that one. Just straight on. Your uh, skills, you've become a better piano player. Since forget we about it. Yeah, forget about it. Forget about it. About it. Yeah. Forget about it. It's like an Italian thing, right? <laughs> like a gangster. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hey, so you know who I, 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 I I'm just, uh, where are the girls, man? Well, yeah, well, they, they're not here today. That's good. So That's good. what what else has been happening with you, AJ? You're doing jokes. You're playing music. Dress to the nines, by the way. Just yeah, looking good, terrific. Good. Yeah. Look at that, yeah. Damn, Let's hear some well, applause sir. for him. Look Damn at that. that staffer. Yeah. I look like uh, I look like uh, like I could be um, uh, 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 Fez. Uh, I look like I could be the first Puerto Rican in Hollywood. Right? Yeah, he really does. Yeah, look, yeah, there've yeah. never been any Puerto Ricans in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, um, wait. I, I wanted to say something real quick. You yeah. know, the, it, it, the thing is that I've been reading um, um, uh, the, the the books that I've been reading. It's important, you know, because um, you know, like I I could uh, uh, mm -hmm. I've been reading uh, some Kitty Kelly. Oh uh, yeah, the that's unauthorized biography of Frank Sinatra. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. All your references are so fresh and new and yeah. straight out of the headlines. I got to take a break here, but can you stay around another break with us and close out the show? Okay. AJ Dynamite, everybody. Woo! He's back in. We'll be right back with more music. You got another song for us? Yeah. All right, great. Uh, and I'm sure more jokes and. Uh, he's wearing a white hat. Baller is what it's it is. It's the Ron Fez show. Ron Bennington. Right. All right. Taz Wally. Yeah. This is the the Ron and Fez show. AJ Dynamite is in here with us. Um, little AJ Dynamite, he is the piano player, rock and roll. It says so right here on the poster. The piano player, rock and roll. Um, I see you got some notes with you and stuff, AJ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and are you playing anywhere? Do you need to plug 
Any of your upcoming tours or anything? Well, or well, I like, TV I like my fans to, to download uh, my videos to help it go viral. Because, uh -huh. you know, yeah, I'm really struggling. You know, I'm still in the Bronx. Uh -huh. You know, I got to go through the phalanx of thieves, you know, right. street uh, urchins, you know, crooks, you know. Deviants. Boogie down Bronx, though. That's <laughs> yeah, what it's that's all about, right? Yeah, that's where, yeah, where, where all, the, all, the, all the dice have, have a penis. Yeah, the yeah, dice yeah, have a penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you like that, right? Yeah, I do. I'm crazy about that kind of joke. I like uh, that. You had some yeah. jokes you wanted to do for yeah. us? Yeah, I went to Lincoln Hospital, right? You did. And then, and then, and there's this guy, right? Yeah. He said he, he's uh, uh um, okay, all right. Yeah. yeah, and I went to Lincoln Hospital. Yeah. And then they got they got and the anesthesia man comes. Yeah. He says, "You want a little bit of take a little bit of dope." You're not going to feel nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So you had some anesthesia? Yeah, absolutely. All right, absolutely. Cool. Mm -hmm. You know, that they say that the Puerto Ricans, right, that yeah. well, that we brought the roaches here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. They were here when we got, before we got here. <laughs> that's yeah, true. that's true. No, that is true. Uh, that's true. Uh, yeah, the bugs you know are already here. Yeah, yeah. We, get, we get the flack for everything. Yeah, that's I know you do. You know, and then I want to tell you about the discrimination early in Hollywood. You know, yeah. uh, before, you know, the uh, 1903, about uh, circa yeah. around that time, you know, the Irish were discriminated against, sure. you know, Awful. and they really were the ones that started voting. And mm -hmm. then you had the, then later the discrimination against right. the Jews. You know, yeah. but you know why I'm saying uh, in Hollywood, in yeah. Hollywood, they had to change that last name. You know what? Some, uh, some, um, I'm the new. I'm the new Jew now. The Puerto you Rican, are the, the, the Puerto, Puerto Ricans Ricans are the new, new Jew. Jews. Yeah, yeah. I mean, new, wonder, I wonder I if some other stars were Puerto Rican. How would that? You know, how, how would that work how out? How would it pan out? Yeah, how yeah. would that pan out? That's like right. with the Almond Brothers, if the Almond Brothers are right, right, Puerto right. Rican. They will be called the uh, Hermanos Alman. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's another language. What about Carol King? Uh, Carolina Reyes. Oh! Spencer. Uh, we don't got yeah. no bells and whistles. Yeah, Come we on, need brother. bells and whistles in here. There you go. There's some bells and whistles. Okay, okay, all right, then. All right, so I want the fans to help it, help my video to go viral. Yeah, it'll go viral. Okay, I need at least 1,000 to 2,000 hits. Okay. You think that's plausible? Um, sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also like my fans, uh, thousands of dollars to donate one dollar, you know, <laughs> help me become uh, the first millionaire on the Ron and Fez show, and that's good publicity That for would the be show. great publicity. <laughs> yeah. Great show if AJ becomes a millionaire. Yeah, okay, then. All right, then I want to talk about, uh, uh, about uh, what do you want to talk about? Um, you want to ask me any questions? Go ahead. It's fair game. Anybody? Well, Joe, do you have a question for, for AJ Dynamite, little AJ Dynamite? Uh, how long have you been Puerto Rican? No, come on, man. Don't be <laughs> racist. Uh, Don't be racist. I'm half Puerto Rican. For real? Yeah, yeah. C. Good. C? Oh, okay. That's cool. All yeah. right, so I want to ask you another yeah. question, right? If 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 of, of Justin Bieber was Puerto Rican, <laughs> no, if, if he was a, if he was a girl, what would his name be? Uh, Justine Bieber. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just figured that one out. <laughs> That was pretty good. Stepped on your bed, oh, I guess. Oh, okay. okay. All right then. Now, um, uh, I wanted to add uh, another thing. If, if let's say somebody else is Puerto Rican. Um, all right. Um, if Ozzy Osbourne was Puerto Rican, what would Ozzy Ozzy, <laughs> what would he, what would he be called? Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. What yeah, would he be called if he was Puerto Rican? I don't know. I don't think it's translatable. Uh, yeah. It really is. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, It'd probably just be yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. 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 yeah.
Um, anyway, uh, but, oh, Muddy Waters. If Muddy Waters was Puerto Rican, if Muddy would... Waters was Puerto Rican, mm. that's what it'd be called. Go, 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 go ahead. What would Muddy Waters be called? No, but he needs he needs a, a financial incentive. Go ahead, I'll give him an offer. You know, yeah, he like, can't refuse. Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, the, the accounting department at the Ron and Fest is going to cover that. Right. Okay. Go ahead. Petty <laughs> cash. What? Petty cash. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think they got him something got up on the iBank. I think Fez got two hundred dollars. There's uh, yeah, he's now. got a lot of money. Yeah, good. Um, what do we go over to the iBank and see if we've got AJ's uh, video? Up. Video, yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody like to comment or let them know how they feel about him. Yeah. Yeah, go play a little bit of that. Is like that, that you doing, Elton? That's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah. Right there. Right there. That's Coach, doing a meal ticket for the Captain Fantastic. Oh, oh, yeah, you did the Captain Fantastic album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Let's see right oh, this puts light and everything on. Where was this recorded, uh, Jay? 79th Street, 79th Street and 1st Avenue. In front of a neighbor's door. <laughs> Are you doing any of your funny songs, or are you just no, no, that's, playing straight out? No, Elton John is, is you know, he's a musician. You know, he right. he's involved with the AIDS Foundation, and right. he's very vocal, and he has is and he and he gets, but you know, people forget that he's a musician. You know, and and I respect people him for, do forget that Elton John's that a, a musician. musician. Yeah. yeah. Musician. He's a piano. Player. I always say, don't shoot him. He's the piano player. Right, exactly. That's what I like to say. Mm -hmm. The, the thing is that with Elton John, I think that um, he, somehow he, uh, you know, he, he went, uh, I think the uh, Rock of the Westies was good, uh, then the, the, you know, yeah. <laughs> but the only song that I like from, I like the ballads, he's good, a balladeer, like, uh, you know, uh, and, but uh, he's good with the, uh, with the ballads, you know, but yeah. I mean, for some reason, I don't know, he, you know, he should have, you know what he could have done, Ron? I was thinking he was going to be on you know, Occupy Wall Street. Right. Yeah. I thought he was. Were you down at Occupy? Yes, at I was. Yes, oh, I was. Oh my God. Yes, How I was. Long? You know, and I use humor, there. you know, to be yeah. to be able to change the world and to highlight, you know, the hypocrisy of. The Did it work out at all? <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Well, you know. I, Do you ever sleep out, out down there at all? Do you ever stay overnight, or you know, you know I, I, I have, a, I don't have a home, basically. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I sleep in in, in, in women's house. Where so yeah, you yeah, go from so one woman to another? Yeah, in exchange for sex, you know, right. I, I get, I get a, a room and a hot and a cot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quid pro quo. It is. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk to some of your great fans. Here's Joe in Allentown. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I want to ask uh, AJ, uh, what's the best kind of woman he's ever been with, or was it a man? Pendejo. What was uh, what was the best kind of woman you've ever been with? I guess he was talking ethnic background. Uh, go to his second she looked like video. Cindy she looked like Cindy Crawford. Wow, that's White really woman. nice. Yeah, mm -hmm. current. Um, uh, no, that's it. No, you, okay, you, you can put that one. Yeah, that one is good. I guess they're all good. Uh, uh, there's three of them up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're really dressed flowery on this yeah, one, huh? A, yeah. It's a good look. Yeah. yeah. Cool, <laughs> cool eagle hat. 
That was when I was taking Prozac. I'm no longer taking Prozac. You're off Prozac, oh, thank huh? Thank God, yeah. Yeah, all right, let's hear it. Boo, Prozac, boo. What got you off the Prozac? You know, I could make fun of myself today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And not feel that's bad. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's Seriously, important. that's I can't great. take myself seriously now. There's, yeah. I think we're all learning something about that today. Yeah. Uh, AJ Dynamite is on with us. If you'd like to go see him on the iBang, he's performing up uh, three different videos. He'd like to get a mil He'd like to make a million dollars. Is there anything you want to say, Ron? Anything you want to say, Fez? Well, what else? is there? Could you do another like you, funny no, me, song? I just want to say something about Fez. In all fairness, because yeah. I always give the attention to you now. Okay, right. it's not all about you, Ron. It's well, that's all about true. Fez. And Fez hasn't talked until you came in today. He's he went from one character, and I noticed he's broke that character into a a new area for you. Okay. Uh, what I wanted to say, right, was when you had the wedding, was it like uh, Dennis Rodman's wedding where you wear the wedding like The wedding, the wedding never got, uh, was never paid off. Oh, for real? Yeah, it never happened. For real, for real. What do you mean when you do it twice like that? Like for, it's it's not just real. Letting you know how real it actually is. Yeah. Like for real, I'm for trying real. Out for, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm trying out for part in Fartman, the movie, Howard Stern's movie. That would be great. Yes, yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, uh, yeah. You'll be perfect for that. Yeah, Here man. is uh, John. John, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, first of all, big fan AJ, um, <laughs> and I have a question for you. Are you any relation to Mars from the Up and Anthony show? That's a good. I'm glad that you asked that. And finally, question. that came up. I'm glad that you asked that question. You know, uh, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we was we were probably Siamese twins or something. Separated at, at birth. birth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's uh, John in Hyde Park. You're on the manifest show. Hey, AJ, did you ever meet the other AJ that hangs around the Ron and Fez Opie and Anthony show, AJ Poopy Shit? Say it again. It's another AJ. Have you ever met him? Have you ever met the other AJ? Oh, yeah, I've got AJ Burnett from the Yankees. Is that mm -hmm. who you're talking about? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, his mother's Carol Burnett. I didn't know that. You didn't oh, know that? No, no that's, that's my fantastic. auntie. That's my auntie. You've got so what? many things. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you've been on a lot of big TV shows, you've been on a lot of major m movies, yeah. and yet you stay humble. You know my my auntie Carol Burnett. You know what she actually, when I was a oh. kid. You know what she used to do. She used to put me on her knee. Yeah. And then I used to tell her to my uh, auntie, could you go? Uh, uh, she used to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And then she used to do it. She said, okay. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Well, wow. Most people would have opened with that. I would drive her crazy. I would yeah. keep telling her to do it again. Then I would laugh. You get a lot of ladies, AJ. A lot of women. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm, I have this un uh, this book that's coming out. Yeah, the things I never told you. Wow. Yeah, I'm ain't telling. Be there. Ain't telling. Yeah. Ain't telling. Some stuff he won't that? talk about until he puts that's out that book. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Frank, Frank, you're on the Run Fez show. Dynamite. Look at his belt. There's a knife clip to it. Take it. Take it. Assert yourself. You give the orders. Take it. Can you put the volume? I can't hear the volume. Yeah, Fez doesn't like that. He's had a whole thing of not putting up volume today. It's uh, second time. You need your headphones. So you enjoying your pretzel? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's have, nice. You have some mustard? Yeah, um, a little mustard for AJ. All right. My, you want brown mustard or yellow? Uh, I think yellow. It works best with yellow. Uh, here's Sean in Alabama. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. I was wanting to ask AJ what the AJ and AJ stood for. Oh, that's a good question. What does AJ stand for? 
Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, Dynamite. Trail of Tears. It's so interesting that you got the last name Dynamite, and then you went into show business. I mean, it was either going to be this or demolition business. The only two things. Mm-hmm. AJ uh, came in, uh, was kind enough to come in, hasn't been here in a while, yeah. uh, but had some material for us. Did that quick. You did your funny song and stuff out of your notebooks. No more funny songs, though? Y'all done the funny songs? You know, I just wanted to say, you know, um, you mean like... Like Springsteen or something? You know, Ron, I thought I was banned out of here. No. Because, no, I was never this good. Never. Never. Yeah. Yeah, Do you know how to do improv, like when you play... A character, another guy plays a character. Like, I'll put you and Joe in an improv scene. Uh, what, yeah. Yeah, like, let's suppose, Joe, uh, AJ is running a diner, a coffee shop. Okay. And you come in, you're a cop, right? Okay. Looking to buy coffee, and you also want to get it on the arm. Get it for free. All right. And ready? Let's go with the scene. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Go ahead. Walk, walk, okay, that's walk, the door. Walk, walk. Okay, what? Well, say it again. I didn't, I didn't get it. You'll just play off him. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I've had a rough shift. Can I have some coffee? Uh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, we don't serve midgets. Shit! What are you Yeah, that's how improv works. <laughs> Go to jail. Hey, listen, I want to... Shut wanna, that I, motherfucker down. I want to say, you know, uh, I want to send a shout out. I respect everybody here. And, that's you know, great. I want to send a shout out to Debbie Wolf. Hey, Trey Dynamite! That's, that's my name. Don't worry, though. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, man, you take the stories you tell are so captivating. Like, honestly, I feel like I'm sitting on my grandfather's knee just listening to stories just, Stories of lore. I mean, the way that you really draw in the radio audience and keep them sort of on the edge until you really deliver that climactic ending. I mean, it's really like nothing else that I've heard. Uh, you've got, you've got to, um, and I, you know, I can help if you want. Put together sort of a one-man show, man. I, I really think that you could do well. I mean, it's amazing, man. You know, keep it up. I'm going to keep listening. As soon as you leave the show, I'm turning the radio off. Oh, 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 that's cool. I want to say that, in other words, you say I'm spellbounding, I'm, cap- I'm controversial, I'm captivating. Yeah. And, and you know what? Um, I, I would more than lo- love to, I would, I, I'm glad, I'm, thank you for telling me that. Yeah, it's really worked out great. And I want you to, um, Hey, Joe, I just want to ask you, you brought me. up controversial. What do you think of President Obama? How do you think he's doing? Um, first of all, um, <sighs> how is he doing? Yeah. Mm. You know something, Ron? Yeah. I'm glad that you asked that question. You know? Mm-hmm. I think uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, yeah. I give him a 7. Oh! <laughs> yeah! Whoa. Yeah! Controversial. It is controversial. That's like if I go to a Chinese restaurant, I order an egg roll. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's a fucking egg roll. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, listen, I, I went to a Chinese restaurant, and after I ate the food, yeah. they gave me some fortune cookies, you know? They gave right. me the fortune cookies. Mm-hmm. Anything yeah. funny happened there? Uh, yeah, I read the message, and then it said, <laughs> like it said, for good blowjob, call oh, 748. Oh, 
Jesus, AJ. Sure you don't need to work that way. <laughs> Go ahead. You don't need to work, Blue. Uh, no, you know? Oh, oh, right, okay. Right. I mean, the thing is, that's great, but are you going to get on the Tonight Show with that act? No, of course you know? not. Jay Leno will not have it. That's right. And it's been 30 years since King of Comedy. Um, here's uh, Mike. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, AJ, I don't know who's better. You or AJ Clemente. I mean, you are articulate. You are spellbounding. And you add an extra syllable to the word question. You rock. That is nice. Uh, cool. here's... Uh, you can see my, 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 my uh, YouTube. Um, I'm on AJ. Uh, my email is ajdynamite at hotmail.com. Mm -hmm. If any of these Hotmail. agents want to get in contact sure, with me. Because I do need representation. You're not happy with your old representation? I'm not happy with being in the Bronx. Right. You want to yeah. get out? Yes. What borough would you like to live in? Um, I want to live in a borough where... You know, there's uh, stimulating, you know, right. where people want to get ahead and, you know, and there's creativity, you know. You know where I like can Bedford, see you? Brooklyn, maybe. I can see you in the beautiful San Fernando Valley, right on the other side of Hollywood. Wow. That's wow. where you really end up, in California. A lot of people are there, too. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. It's cool. It's yeah. yeah. Do you know the way to San Jose? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Do you take the... For Reway. <clears throat> Thanks for t for asking me to come, Chris. You know, it's all you about know, you, AJ Dynamite. I finally, getting back to you. I was gonna get uh, some cigars for you guys. No, yeah. we don't need any. Thanks. Just the fact that you came here and your talent—it's great. And I'm sure in a couple months, you think you could stop back again. You know what? I want to thank you. Uh, uh, you know, Ron, I, I, I said Ron and Fez, right. uh, that you're like the, the Ed uh, Sullivan. Uh, uh, it seems like uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. Um, Dane, you're going to be the last phone caller of the day. What do you got, buddy? AJ, your dynamite goes boom. That's beautiful. Your dynamite goes boom. All right. As if for us, AJ Dynamite was in here. Catholic Joe, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you guys, too. Hey, I hate, you know, I know normally you come in here and you shine, but it's AJ Dynamite time yeah. today. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm really Yeah. Sorry about that, dude. Oh, dude, don't worry. It just happens. Just, that yeah, happens. it just happens. You know, on the old Carson show, when Bob Hope walks out, it's over. he takes over Game the over. show. Mm -hmm. That's what AJ Dynamite did for us today. That's cool. Hey, um, are we off the air now? No, we're no, still on the air, so we'll just on. say goodbye. Yeah. Can you put uh, the Almond Brothers Rambling Man? Yeah, can we go out yeah, with Rambling Man? Yeah, let's go out with Rambling Man instead of that other stupid thing that we're doing. Right. Rambling Man, because he's rambling. You're rambling out of here, right, AJ? Mm -hmm. All right, make your exit to Rambling Man. There he goes, AJ Dynamite. Bye, AJ. Good to see you, buddy. There goes AJ Dynamite. He was fantastic. That was exciting. Oh, forget about it. That's his new catchphrase. There he goes. All right, AJ Dynamite. Good to see you, AJ. Bye, AJ. Yeah. All right. AJ Dynamite, always explosive, always bringing the good stuff. Never ending. Yeah, wow, that's really good. AJ Dynamite was here today. Um, thank you to uh, Temple uh, Grandin, and uh, we will uh, get on out of here to Ramblin' Man, our new exit song. It's beautiful. That we have.
Because we're, we're just rambling. Yeah, we're rambling on. And that's the end of my show. Donk. And I will-